Thanks for downloading this podcast from Brum Radio. For more programs, search our podcast page at brumradio.com. In the heart of Birmingham, one team to bring you your week in geek. It's the Geeky Brummy Show every Saturday, 12 till 1 on Brum Radio. And good afternoon and welcome to Geeky Brummy here on Brum Radio. This fine Saturday afternoon. Is this the bake-off music, Guy? What is the bake-off music? Ah, poor Selassie. Anyway, moving on. <laughs> Go, Candy. Spoilers. <laughs> right. As you probably guessed, Guy is here with me in pretty much the world's most colourful jumper. No, it's like an album cover. I got it as a birthday present. It's um, from last year's album by Father John Misty, I Love You Honey Bear. It's just like the album cover. Can we tweet yeah. out a picture it, of Guy's it's jumper very later? Psychedelic. It's will, spectacular. We will tweet out a picture of Guy's psychedelic jumper. <laughs> as you can probably hear, we have the wonderful dulcet tones of Mr. Keith Bloomfield. Oh, it was me. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> you alright? Yeah, thank you very much. Good week. Yeah, yeah. Pretty good, pretty good, yeah. Always good. And we also have the amazing George. Welcome back, George. Hello. Hello. This week seems to have just flown past. I know, it does. Yeah. We should really start planning a bit more on this thing. Anyway, welcome well, to the usual world. That was a nice little yeah. bit of an off-tangent ramble in. <laughs> it's pretty much me now. Have you not worked this out? This is what I do on a weekly basis. You could have added a little bit of Scatman John on the end of yeah. it. Oh, that would have been awesome. You were described earlier in the week as being live and kicking on radio, which I'm pretty I'm okay with that as a description of the show. Are you called on the gopher guy? I, how does he go again? Uh, can I be like Trevor and Simon? Like, <laughs> Speaking in your pants in the studio. <laughs> we don't do duvets. Yes. We definitely don't do duvets. He's yes. going to be the, uh, the Scottish version of Barrowman. <laughs> anyway, coming up on this week's show, we have our second round of interviews from Star Trek Destination, including the wonderful Max Gridenchik. Nicole DeBoer and Michael Moore who was the master prop builder on pretty much most of the Star Trek series. Not that Michael Moore. Not that Michael Moore. <laughs> uh, we're also going to have a look at some of the trailers that have come out including Guardians of the Galaxy 2, Logan, Nintendo NX which drops Switch. this week. Uh, Switch. Sorry. Switch. It's still the NX to me. Switch. We're going to have a round of weird top trumps. Which... Hello, I'm Max Gridenchik, Rom from Deep Space Nine. And you are listening to Brum Radio. Have you been to Birmingham before? Is this your first time? I don't think I've ever... I think I've been through Birmingham on the train, but I've, on the Virgin train, but I've never been uh, to Birmingham. No. No, the, I, where, how far is Leicester from here? It's about 45 minutes. Yeah, I've been to Leicester. Uh, how was that? Uh, I like Leicester a lot. Great, they have a great uh, uh, produce market. Yeah. Oh, fantastic. I think it's a great town, Leicester. Yeah, and it's where Dominic Keating's from. Oh, is it? Okay, well, that'll be what you've been... I think so. I think so. Deep Space Nine, your character, Rom, it had such a great character path and a growth in the, along the story, and especially with Nog and the story about the father-son relationship. What's your feeling of 50 years of Star Trek now and being part of that? Wow. Well, my fe- what's my feeling? Uh, I, I feel honoured to have been a part of it. Uh, and the way it all developed, the, the thing that amazes me is that the way it all developed had nothing to do with me. I, I, I wasn't trying to be on Star Trek. I wasn't trying to be a recurring character. I wasn't trying to, to, to play a father raising a son who, whom he had to stand up for and, uh, and, then, and then be able to stand up for himself uh, to his brother. Uh, the writers were so much smarter than I was. They, they, had a, they had such a better vision than I had, and I'm just I'm grateful. And it was really an honor to play him. He's Ram is a much, much, much better man than I am, and it was 
it was great to be able to play somebody like better than me. Such a great character. I mean, so noble, so strong to stand up to Quark sometimes, and it, its character really grew over the series. I think, and I really enjoyed watching that development. I mean, did you? How was it interacting with Nog when he went off to Starfleet and that kind of storyline? How did how how was that storyline for you? It's, it's where. It's where Rom starts to stand up for what he believes in, and he doesn't want. I think there's a fear in Rom that Nog is going to turn out like him, and and not be confident, not be sure of himself, and not be under the thumb of others. And he he doesn't want that to happen. And and you know, there's a great a pivotal scene for me is um, Quark has sabotaged uh, Nog's a test that Nog takes to uh, get into Starfleet Academy. Yeah. Quark is coming down a corridor, and um, Rom, Rom is waiting for him. And he, he 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 grabs him by the lapels, and he says, "He says, if you ever do anything to hurt my son again, he says, I know what you did. I know what you did. He knows that he sabotaged the, te- the test. He says, I know what you did. If you ever do anything to hurt my son again, I will burn the bar to the ground." I, I was holding Armin by the lapels, and uh, felt pretty good. Uh, you know, Quark changes then. You know, and 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 because Rom, Rom has changed, and he's, he's standing up for something for the first time ever for his son. It's easier to stand up for somebody else, I think, than for yourself. It was a great way to see that on screen for people who had struggled with standing up for themselves and it was such a brilliant storyline to bring that out. For his son, you know, the father's son, um, you know, I'm a father now. I wasn't a father then. I, I took a long time for me to become a father, but I have a kid and um, I, 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 I would do that for her. I, I, I might not do it for me, but I would do that for her. It's kind of interesting, you know. And then he sees he sees that he can stand up for somebody else, and then the bar association episode happens, and the union starts being formed, and he he starts to stand up for himself, which is, uh, wow, wow. I don't think I don't think many many people get a chance to do that. You, know? you may be able to stand up for others, you know, to join in a campaign or something, or with others, but to stand up for yourself, to to know who you are, be comfortable for asking for what what you need and and, and maybe what you deserve. So. I think that's a hard thing for uh, for most humans, and uh, I got to play a guy who discovered that he could do that. It's kind of was an what, what a gift! What a gift that those writers gave me. Ira Bear was our executive producer for uh, the, the much of the show, and um, after after uh, Michael Pillar left, and um, it was just an amazing. I feel like it was an amazing gift they gave me. And then to have the audience that we have, you know, and have some, you know, an actor does his work, and then um, to have. You don't always know that people are going to be interested in what you do. To have the audience that we we have and be able to play it for them, it's a real gift. Yeah, I'm really lucky. How do you feel about the show, um, Deep Space Nine, being described as the most realistic of the Star Trek shows? Most realistic of the Star Trek shows. I know when it came out, people said it was darker. Well, I think you know, on Next Gen, they they flew the Enterprise from and they solved the they they had a problem on uh, this this episode. They had a problem and they solved it. In the next episode. They had a problem and they solved it, and in the next episode they had a problem and they solved it, or they tried to solve it, and that was the pattern of the show. And I'm a big uh, uh, Next Gen fan. It was my first series. I, I started out on uh, Next Gen. I was cast as a Ferengi in um, uh, I'm supposed to know this third season, of Captain's Holiday. Uh, that's an episode I did, and then a couple of seasons later in um, The Perfect Mate. The, the Perfect Mate. The, the Perfect Mate. So I did. So I'm a big fan of that show. I think our show. Because you were on the space station, you think you got to you got to see more character development. I once told somebody that I was I did about six episodes a season, and 
they said they were shocked. They said, I thought you were there every week. They did, they did such like a good job. There, yeah. They did such a good job of populating yeah. the space station, which is a really busy place. Yeah. I, I, I thought they were did an incredible job, the writers. Thank you so much for speaking to us on Brum Radio today. Oh, oh you're welcome. Brum Radio. You're Brummies, yeah. Yes. You're Brummies in Birmingham, yeah. What's a what should what should I do? And if I had to have a free day to do something in Birmingham, what would I do? Oh. Go to Cadbury World. What? What if you don't like chocolate? Is I don't like chocolate. No, I have. I happen to have. No, I'm joking because I happen to have a Cadbury bar in my hand. Here, you can hear it. See, I am. Yeah, these are. That's my time. Down the road. No, you. You're welcome. Thank you. Thank you. It was fun. Hi, this is Nicole DeBoer from Deep Space Nine, and you're listening to Geeky Brummy from Brum Radio. How are you Welcome. finding your day today? It's great so far. Yeah. The whole weekend. Yeah, whole weekend. Whole weekend. I feel like I'm I'm okay jet lag wise, so I think it's going to be good. It's a good time. It's always great to see everybody, you know. You know. Is, is this your first time in Birmingham? Believe so. Everyone else says they've just driven through it before. No one ever. I have actually, because I, I drove from London to Glasgow with a, a friend of mine once, so we kind of passed by. I think we stopped in Liverpool instead. In, in the UK, we consider that a very long drive, but obviously in America, you consider like driving for four hours to be nothing. It's like seven hours or something. Yeah, no big deal. <laughs> what do you think is the main difference between like British Star Trek fans and American Star Trek? Uh, the beer is way better. Yeah, the fact that they drink the beer more. We're very enthusiastic drinkers. Yes, very much so. That's why it's, it's more fun. It's more fun coming here. Thank you so much. Thanks, guys. So we're here now with Michael Moore, HMS Creative Productions, Master Prop Build for amazing series such as Star Trek Next Generation, Deep Space Nine, Voyager. You've worked on The Flash, uh, Sequest DSV, an old classic favorite from myself. Welcome to Birmingham. Well, thank you. <laughs> you. You've made some of the most iconic things like tricorders, um, phasers, things like that. Quite a few of them now seem to be coming through into modern technology with the pad. Do you think your designs influence that a little bit? Well, I think that the designs from Star Trek across the board are influencing everything across the board, really. I mean, the, the tricorder, I mean, you know, some of these new pads can do 50% of what the tricorders did. The, the pads, yeah, especially... You know, it's, we're going from a, a pad to a PDA to, a, you know, all these new things like the iPad and, and, and just the pads in general. Yeah, there's a lot of Star Trek influence across the universe here right now. Kind of crazy. In some cases, not necessarily a phaser per se, but using light now. You know, officers use a uh, non-lethal, you know, light system to subdue people with just the flashing lights. But they're super... De- high-density light and make people fall down, you know, because they get disoriented. Yeah, I, I think it's, um, Star Trek is a huge influence on, on most of the industries now for electronic. You know, you would never think that uh, a power pack on Star Trek would be able to, you know, you've got on a phaser, but now you've got little power packs that'll run your computer, you got You can start your car with some of these now. Yeah, I mean, Keith's currently playing with a medical tricorder as we speak. Designs of the technology—it's it's just absolutely stunning. As I said, how it's been created nowadays. And how do you get inspired in your ideas? Well, some some of the stuff. Okay, a lot of the stuff is it was designed by Rick Sternbach or John Eves and so on. There's some pieces for ourselves. The Mark Nine tricorder is something that my my deceased business partner and I designed. We just wanted to keep going smaller. Unlike now, you know, all the, te- the the cell phones went real small. Now they're getting bigger and bigger again. You know, because 
bigger is is nicer to hold and look at. But um, most of the inspiration is looking at, you know, knowing what a race is, you know, because there's a full descriptions of what this, you know, Bajorns are this, da 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 da, and just following a a, a stream of, of of thought in in. It's hard to describe, okay? Yeah. It's it's you know because it's, it's a creative process, yeah. but in, in many cases, this like this tricorder, Mark Mark Nine Ten tricorder. We were trying to do the next iteration of the Mark Six and Mark Seven uh, to streamline it to give it more more lights. First of all, because who doesn't yeah. like a lot of lights on their tricorders? But make it look more functional at the same time, making it smaller when it make it last longer. I mean, you know, it's like now with the, the iPads and stuff, you've got 10 hours of battery life and watch movies and everything else. We went from basically 15 minutes of power on, on tricorders on the Mark VI and Mark VII's to now you could run actually this Mark IX tricorder uh, if, it has a, if it has fresh batteries in it for 10 to 12 hours straight at full power and then about 24 hours before you start seeing any degradation. Wow. That, that's some impressive battery life yeah. that you got there. Now. So I mean, it's 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 all these things, you know. From from my standpoint, as as being a prop maker, I want to th- make things that last longer. You know, you get inspired by things. You go, you know, you can go to go to a toy store and just look at it. You're looking at toys and you just see this curve. And you go, oh. Or or you know, or you go outside and look at at, at flowers or whatever. It's all how your mind indiv- individually works. So. It, you know, it's kind of a hard uh, saying. What what is the most inspiring thing? It's really hard to say what, from a creative side. What what is that thing? I mean, with props as well. I mean, you've got to make sure that they're durable. They withstand. They last. Uh, probably quite a lot of abuse, I'd say. Is what oh, oh yeah, they go through a lot of abuse. In some cases, a lot of the props, like the, the phaser or the Bajoran phaser, there they're all cast in, in a urethane resin, and some of them are more durable than others. You know, we've had phasers broken in half because they've been thrown across the room in some cases you know in a, in a rocky field so it breaks but other pieces you know I say you know a lot you know we got that <laughs> the tricorder here this this tricorder is actually very lightweight because it's actually made out of vacuum skin uh, with a, a resin door to give us more room for the electronics and you can break these fairly easily you know and they have been well or they've been thrown to the ground that's the mark nine you know when they're thrown to the ground because somebody's mad or something you know you end up with yes. with broken ones that, that come back to us for fixing which is you know okay fine i'll fix it in the past most of the stuff was made out of resin and or fiberglass and or uh, vacuum form but a lot of the, the newer stuff like the uh in some cases the the new 2009 jj abrams version of trek uh a lot of the hand phasers, they were cast aluminum and polished. So they were more they, they were more durable than... They're getting louder and louder over there. Um, they get more, more durable you know, props in that regard, but they can still break. But they're less likely to break during, during the production. Um, I think 3D printing is going to be a bit of a revolution in the prop industry? Well, I already have 3D printers at my shop as well. And in some cases, depending on what it is, I might be able to make to sculpt this out of other materials faster than I can design it and print it. So if I have a drawing, I mean, you know, this, the, the main body of this, this future tricorder here, yeah. I made this in a day. 
that's the thing. If, if that had to be 3D designed, that's going to be a day or two for 3D design. And, and then you got to go put it through the printer, and then you got to clean it up, and so on. During Next Generation DS9 Voyager and Enterprise, we never had any more than six days. Like the tricorder, when we designed that, it went off to Berman, Rick Berman, to be approved where he made changes to it. So we made the changes, and when it sent, once we made the changes, we had five days to make 10 copies with electronics all functional that's a pretty no small order there no it's not but that's that was the normal schedule that is the normal schedule for this stuff i, I just want to ask him one question of all the props you've made and i know it might be a bit of a hard choice is there one prop that you kind of think that's my that's my ultimate favorite it's like picking your favorite child but is there one prop you're really proud of i'm very proud of the, the mark nine tricorder because we designed it and built it we design all the graphics, everything about it. There's a lot of, you know, there's thousands of pieces that we've made over time. So it's really hard to choose the one. There's certain ones I like a lot. Like I like the Hirogen, uh medical hypo that I built. Because uh, just aesthetically, for me, it was like, oh, I really like that. But, you know, I, I don't really have a personal favorite per se because there's different elements to each thing. I'm like, yeah, yeah, you know. It's like like this one here. I like this one because it's, you know, it's got some nice engraving into it and everything else. But it's all a matter of personal preference. Other people go, oh, I hate that. I hated working on those. Other people, oh, my God, that's the greatest thing since sliced bread. It, it really does depend on the individual prop maker, you know. When we're building some of this stuff, in some cases... You don't know what it's going to turn out like until you're done, or how much of a headache it was until you're done. The Joran phaser rifle over in the case over there. We got the, the drawings on Thursday night at 5 o'clock in the evening, um, and we had to have 18 copies finished painted, which included stunt versions, which take even longer to do, by Monday morning. Most weekends and most days were very long. Ask You can ask her. <laughs> My, my work schedule is generally no less than 50 hours a week. For 16 years, I had about four hours of sleep a night, period. So uh, where can we find more information about yourself online? hms-studios.com. <laughs> That's brilliant. Thank you very much for your time today. Hi, I'm Ryan Parrish from the Geeky Brummy Show on brumradio.com, covering off TV, film, and everything geeky every Saturday, 12 till 1, on brumradio.com. And that was Michael Moore from HMS Productions. Pretty much made most of the props, I think, on the last few generations of Star Trek. Yeah, even though some of those naughty actors smashed them up. Yes, naughty, naughty actors. Right, so now we're going to have a quick chat about some trailers that have come out. First one being Old Man Logan. I think it's going to flop. Who's going to go see a film called Logan? I know it's Wolverine. You see that cinema? I'm going to go see Logan. It sounds like an independent film. Is it like the Logan's Run sequel? <laughs> Logan's Run. They've, they've dropped a bollock on that one. Yeah. I don't know. I think like it's Wolverine. Yeah. We're going to go and see it, whatever. It's Hugh Jackman, so yeah. You could just put, put Hugh Jackman in some claws and have him sit in a room for two hours and people will probably watch it. I think those multi-million uh, marketing campaigns might help yeah. people realise yeah. that Logan is the Wolverine movie guy. That's I would have liked it to be like a musical version of Wolverine. Like, get, get his um, work from Les Miserables and him and Patrick Stewart have a sing-off in the middle of it. Where have all the mutants gone? I robbed some bread and now I'm punished. <laughs> 
You know what I want is a road movie about the two of them, all the clips yes. of the two of them in the car with, you know, Professor X just looking generally grumpy sitting in the back of the car. Just, that's that, what I want. I just want a road movie of Professor X and Wolverine. But wouldn't that just be like around. vicious, though? <laughs> yeah, it would be so good. Yes. Have you, have you seen the black and white fan trailer? That's yes, awesome? that looks awesome. Instagram had put out a bunch of images that were in black and white, and yeah. I saw this black and white. I was thinking, yeah, I'd quite happily watch a, a, a film black noir. And white, a, yeah. a black and adamantium version of um, yeah. Logan. Yeah. It, looked, yeah. it looked pretty good, I thought. You know, it's yeah. the last. Um, Hugh Jackman. Well, Wolverine. they're bringing the Ravagers into it as the main villain, and mm. Richard E. Grant as the, the potentially big, big bad. Yeah. Yeah, well, there's also as well with the introduction of the young girl, uh, yes. alluding to X-23, another X twenty three. X twenty three. X twenty three is coming because yes. they changed the timeline completely with the last reset with Days of Future Past and then Apocalypse. Yeah. yeah. So I think I think the problem that you've got with the X Men movies and with the Wolverine movies is because because they haven't got access to the rest of the Marvel universe yes. and those original mm. stories took place. Having to rejig it to fit with the characters you've got well, available. Yeah, I think they wanted to do old man. I think they wanted to do old man Logan as an actual the graphic novel. Yeah. Where you've got Hulk in there, you've got Professor uh, Captain America, all well, pretty much Hulk, the Marvel. Hulk, I think he's being yeah. replaced by Professor X in this version. Yeah, but yeah, it, it looked good. I mean, I like Hugh Jackman as as Wolverine. The yeah. Wolverine movies have got progressively better over time. I James think it might be a good send off. Yeah, might be a good send off. And the the use of. You know Johnny Cash singing Nine Inch Nails. I mean, that's yeah. always a good, um, a good way to go. But he looked, he looked, looks pretty spectacular. You yeah, know, I quite fancy it. I don't, I don't think it'll be a problem, guy, that people aren't going to go to go What's and see him. Yes. No, I was excited to see X twenty three. I'm assuming she's supposed to be X twenty three anyway. That seems yeah. fairly well, obvious. But I was excited for that. She's named Laura, which is yeah. But she's going to be X twenty three. Yeah, which is yeah. going to be pretty cool. Is he like living in like a big like cotton wool reel as well? Like uh, yeah, like a cotton reel. <laughs> Yeah. It looked like it. Maybe, maybe. Obviously, it's not, it's not a con real, but, you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so next up, Guardians of the Galaxy 2. Yeah. We're still hooked on that feeling. We are. I was a bit confused by the rom-com trailer, though. Yeah. The bit at the end with Dax kind of coaching him through, like, oh, she's just not right for you, mate. I was kind of like, hang on a minute, what's this? Would you like a hug? Yeah. But No. No. Not really. Tiny group, though. Tiny, Tiny group. Yeah. Awesome. I think that's pretty much going to be the entire Christmas lineup that year when that comes out. Tiny group, yeah. I mean, it's a minute and a half teaser trailer. Yeah. It's kind of like, it packs yeah. in a lot of um, yeah. stuff there. We meet, you know, we get to see Nebula again. We get to see Yondu with his yep. proper fin. We get to <laughs> yes. see. And if they don't group. play, it's Radiant Men from that bit in the trailer. <laughs> I'm going to be very I'm disappointed because sure that, yeah. that was the perfect lineup for that one. But it, it was a good trailer because it didn't yes. give anything away. You, yeah. you, you've no idea what's going on. Mm-hmm. You know the main characters are back. It looks pretty. Yes. I'm ready for the next awesome mix. I'm yeah. ready. We're we have two. we're joined by an actual from Radio Celebrity in the studio, Mr. Blake Woodham. Do you want to come <laughs> and say hello? Yay. Blake doesn't look anything like. We're just chatting Stop about Logan me. and Guns of the Galaxy too. Got any thoughts Obviously on that? Obviously, things I know a lot about. I've only come here to, to pick up my data key I left behind. Me. <laughs> uh, apologies, um, Logan. That's um, that's from the X Men. Yes. Can I take the confession on this? Um, I've in two times in my life I've fallen asleep in the cinema and once was in the first was it X-Men Origins I think the, the very first X-Men which seems about yeah. 20 years ago now yeah. um, and I have to say I've not seen any 17 since. years actually now. 17 years 17 years, really? years. I was young no excuse but I did yeah <laughs> I fell asleep sorry about that yeah I think everybody apart from Patrick Stewart has that age during that time period where Patrick Stewart just doesn't age ever I think he bathes in the blood of the innocent <laughs> it's the only possible answer he looks exactly he the same as he did in Star Trek <laughs> yeah. I think he actually is Professor X mm-hmm. so he just will never age but this my understanding of this one is that now we are accepting the mortality yes. of 
of um, what's his face? Wolverine. Wolverine. <laughs> yeah. um, I, 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 shall I give you my Wolverine anecdote? Yes. It's, a, it's very much at one remove. Um, but I, I went to see, um, oh God, what's he called that? Sorry, the Geordie comedian with the big hair. Um, and he said that, um, that he, had, he was a massive X-Men fan and he got yeah. to meet Patrick Stewart. And he was so excited that when Patrick Stewart put his hand out to shake him, he subconsciously did his three fingers <laughs> in this kind of, um, you know, like the claws Wolverine, of Wolverine. Yeah. And Patrick Stewart sort of put his hand out and grabbed him. <laughs> and uh, he felt you know, he had to slink away. So there you go. So if you ever do get to meet Patrick Stewart, don't do that. Don't, don't no. throw, show three fingers to no, him. Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Well, I'm very excited about um, th- th- that. You're very excited. Anyway. Yes. And right. Guardians of the Galaxy has uh, got great music. Yes. That. It's always got amazing music, and I think it's probably one of the best ones that's come out of the Marvel stable the last few years. Yeah. I know Blake's probably not a well, huge fan of the Marvel. Well, movies, but it's not superheroes, is it? No. Um, it's space men, so I can understand yes. that a bit better. <laughs> <laughs> that's great fun. Right, I'm thank gonna you take my data key, <laughs> but uh, thank you very much for thanks for on. thanks for popping on. Cheers. <laughs> we'll see you soon. It's a dangerous game just wandering into the Brum Radio studio. Yes. You can end up on anything. That's how it worked for Phil Ellis, and he just didn't leave. <laughs> <laughs> that's but very true. Would, would uh, an advertising campaign, advertising a film about what's his name, work better for you than Logan? Got? Yes. Yeah, Maybe. I think, I think so, yeah. Yes. That one with the claws. Yeah. <laughs> X Men Origins, what's his name? Yeah, I'm happy about that. It still would have probably been a better movie than the actual. X-Men somewhere yeah. called What's His Name. Yes. Probably. Wasn't there an actual X Men who is in the cartoon series, but and he turns up for like one episode, but everybody forgets that he exists? Well, there is, there is an X Men who, whose ability is to be forgotten and live in the background. Yeah, yeah, but he's pretty cool. Anyway, Nintendo Switch, quick, quick, two minutes on this one. Colour me excited. It is pretty much a Nintendo Wii and a Nintendo 3DS merged together to have a small child. I think. I think it looks it looks interesting yep. as a system. I've always liked Nintendo's. Games and consoles in the past. Yeah, I think they're still going to struggle in this market now. It's, I don't know. They've got um, some big third-party support this time. Skyrim. They always seem sweet, to have big third-party support when they announce a console, yeah. and then as it rolls on, you know, everybody's going to be looking at that this week and go, yeah. "Has it got Red Dead 2 Yeah, and that, that's, that's how a gaming yeah. community will look yeah. at it. Is, has it got Red Dead Two? Has it got Call of Duty? Has it got FIFA? Like, Red, saying, Red Dead Magnificent Seven yeah. Redemption. Why? Why can't they choose any of the R word in such a game? Redemption Two. I think Nintendo just needs to sell the rights to Mario Kart on yeah. now and just be done with making consoles. Do you think they need to go down the Sega route? No, I, I think, don't think. I think Sega, Sega haven't done anything interesting since they had their own consoles. I think Nintendo needs to have that that platform yeah. to put out this game. But so, mobile Sony is and, where they win. Yeah, mm. I mean, Sony, Sony customers and Xbox customers aren't going to buy a Mario game. Well, it's going to have a Pokemon Company game on it, so therefore, automatically, yeah. hundreds of people are going to buy it anyway. Yeah, I, I think that this is the last real test for Nintendo. If this flops, they're done. Yeah. Well, I think they'll diverse into something else. I mean, they're trying with the Android market a little bit. I mean, Super Mario Run looks quite fun. But, mm. right. but yeah, might be worth picking up, March 2017. Yeah, I think price price point is going to yeah. be a big contributor to whether it's a successful That's console. That's true. Yeah. Nobody's going to drop 300, 400 quid. And it's going to be how much is it going to cost? I normally do on consoles. So. <laughs> and it's going to be how much is it going to cost to replace those tiny little side controllers that will be lost with, down the back of the sofa within 30 seconds of purchase. Maybe I'll be sick of the VR actually, like physically sick by that point, <laughs> so I can trade it in and do a review for us. <laughs> Geeky Brummy on Brum Radio. Oh, okay, so it's the same thing twice. <laughs> I'm getting it now. <laughs> it's time to play. What the f is that? 
Yes, so, as you know, we used to play Pop Trumps on this show. And whilst I was out shopping with the lovely Mrs. Geehee Rummy, I found one of the oddest items I've ever come across inside a TK Maxx. It wasn't a recorder? No, it wasn't a recorder. Are we sure? A whoopee cushion? Are we ready for this? A hider's jacket pulp has his name on it? No. Are we ready for this? It is a Top Trump's Pop Stars lunchbox. What? (laughs) What? 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 Why? Why does that exist? Let's have a look at the quality of the pop stars on here and let's judge their pop star ability. I, rec- I have recognised them all. Okay, right. so you got Rihanna. Fair enough. Yeah, we'll get that. Beyonce. I don't, I Queen don't understand. B. Yep. Taylor. Yeah. I love a bit of Tay Tay. Pharrell. Uh, Are we happy about that? No. <laughs> Bruno Mars. Uh, but is Bieber on there? It's the inclusion of Ed Sheeran. He's not a super, pop star. Superhero He's just Sheeran. rubbish. He's just Rupert Grint. He's just as Rupert Grint, it's true. It's the same pop Can stars we... front and back. Oh, oh my. But oh. we have special things inside this little. Oh, oh, look wow. at that. Wow. Pop wow. legends. We have the choice of pop stars <gasps> or pop legends. Oh my God. Pop legends. And the well. world's biggest plastic insert. Look, look at the wasted space in that. I now been modelled as a beautiful yes. hat by Extra producer guy. Now, what, what I can't understand is if you've got both packs inside, why yes. haven't you got like for the, the younger kids, the newer pop stars on the front, and then for older kids like myself, yes. you can reverse <laughs> your <laughs> lunchbox as you're carrying it around. Like, like, like a pop star. Star. Oh, <laughs> some bros on there, Keith. Some George Michael. Like I said, Fred. Who's in Pop Legends? Is apparently an extra bonus set. We have on the picture, it is Elvis. Of course. Michael Jackson. Of course. Madonna. Excellent. Eminem. So Eminem and a pop legend? Yes. Really? And to top it off, Britney Spears. Oh, what? That, okay. Yes. Oh, oh no, yep. not in legend sex. Yes. You know, no, effect, effectively, I mean, that's, that's not really the same level of 60 like Madonna, of is it? Yes. So the entire giant tin of metal. But it's actually the same price as two decks of top tops. I must, oh, I must admit that the actual photography work It is, it is a stunning lunchbox If you go, if you're a kid and you go to school on that You're going to get hit in the face It's <laughs> simple as are, Even if you go to work you will get hit in the face well, Ryan, I want Is you this to how you're going to take Yeah this is what you're going to take your sandwiches uh, to work on Monday I'm never taking my sandwiches to work on that Alright shall we have the world's quickest way out under top trumps Pop legends Legends it is I don't know who these new people are It's going to be like Calvin Harris Who's he? You know, Zeke Harris's younger brother. Who is <laughs> Selena yeah. Gomez? Right, we're open. Lady Gaga's got uh, a weird face on pop stars here. She really looks like. So um, how come Gaga is in pop in stars, but Britney Spears is pop legends? Yes. What's that about? Yes. Right, so have the world's quickest shuffle. Two cards of pop. Two. Thank you. Two. My girlfriend was oh. the same. Oh, Two okay. Pop or something like that. Right, so <laughs> let's see if these are bona fide pop oh, legends. Oh, wow. Well, yeah. Do you want to go first? This is an interesting hand. Hand. From one extreme to the other in my hand. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I'm making tin sound yes. noises. I'm, I'm missing with my lunchbox. Sorry. I'm in <laughs> the tin lunchbox. I wonder if there's a score for hair and fashion. That's that's amazing. A fancy ability. This feels like one of those like smash hits right. quizzes. There is a year what? on this to stop controversy. Oldest or newest? Oldest. 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 I, I, I have a combination of cards that if I merge these two cards together, it would make... The, the situation this band is in sometimes. Yes. Okay. Well, I've got two cards we would make a very interesting combination band. Definitely. Mm. Keith, you can go first. Oh, 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 oh. Okay. <laughs> Come on. Uh, I'm going to go, I hope I don't get beat on this. Uh, I'm going to go with uh, UK number ones. Ooh. This artist yeah, has had 13. 13? Oh. It's Madonna, 
So I'm kind of hoping that, you know, the yes. fact that Madonna has been kicking around for quite some time. Even I was a kid when Madonna first started. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so 13 number one hit singles. Uh, I, I can't even beat that. I've got... Do we go? I'm going to go with Blondie. Were there any six UK number ones? Really? For, yeah. for how long they've been going, you'd expect them well, to be on a few It was kind of early 80s before, kind of, before yeah. they kind of started doing stuff and Debbie Harry was doing her own thing. So yeah, six is pretty yeah. good. I've got uh, Robert Williams. He's got seven UK number ones, and I'm not surprised. I mean, because anybody heard his god awful new song where he sampled like <laughs> Russian Who's classical music. Robbie Williams. Robbie, ah, right. He sampled Russian classical ah. music, and it's called like Party Like a Russian. It's just like Robbie Williams, just go away now. He needs to join take that again. He does. George, uh, with my cards, he can. Somebody else. Okay, interesting. Uh, yeah, I, I can't beat that either. Again, I'm quite surprised by the low number of number ones I've got. Uh, I'm going to play Eminem, who's apparently only had eight UK number ones. That, even that? Yeah, that's quite impressive. impressive with that. Yeah, impressive when they... Keith? Oh, Thank you. All right, George, mm-hmm. you can pin the next category. Uh, I'm going to play this one just because it's so bizarre, I think. Uh, I'm going to go with... I've got Michael Jackson, who has a hair and fashion score of 27. That it? Yeah. All right. I also feel like I should point out that on the fanciability score, he's actually got one point more than Eminem. <laughs> just gonna throw well, that out there. Which, which generation of Michael Jackson are we speaking on this one? I don't know. I've got it's, I, it's bad on the, the card. I've got generation. bad, yeah. but whether the whole card just means is it bad. just a bad photo or just bad when they are? Yeah. It's the album cover. It's a bad yeah. album cover. So Michael Jackson. Oh, going. Oh, going next. Michael Jackson's just one person. So yeah. What yeah. Hair and fashion. Hair and fashion. Twenty-seven. 27. I've got five people in this band, and between them, they can only muster a hair and fashion score of 20. Uh, oh, and, no. and the, the, gr- the group in question are girls allowed. How are they pop legends? Yes. Who put this back together? <laughs> you know, they only had four number ones. What's yes. that about? Please direct all complaints to the makers of Top Drums. Yeah. <laughs> right. I have oh. pretty much a pop icon. Uh, so do we all, according yeah. to the pack. According to the packet. Well, yeah. No, we have I've pop got, legends. I have an icon. Yes. This person has been going since the 80s, and she started off on a soap in Australia. Is it Kylie? Uh, okay. It is Kylie, yes. She only has a hair and fashion of 22. Wow. Sorry, with that wavy hairstyle from the 80s. No, uh, what about the know, gold top pants? When she started yes. with PW, whatever it is, her fashion sense was pretty terrible. It was but, like dungarees but and... the gold hot pants, that revived What about the gold top? Yeah, surely the gold top pants hey, alone. But, but, she was, but launching a pop career on gold hot pants. Gold pants. I think, and, you know. and that weird hood thing and the can't get you out of my yes. head video. I'm very disappointed in that one. Uh, right then, Guy, you uh, last card. I've got Take That and they've got six as a combination. Six? Well, yeah, I've got Gary Barlow, so that's probably a minus 50 wow. for the rest of the group. I just want to say as well, obviously promoting the album review show, it's coming out next month. We're going to say, let's say the names out to the other people, let's decide if they're legends or not. Coldplay. No. No. Spice Girls. Yes. yes. Stevie Wonder. Yes. yes. The Police. No. Lionel Richie. No. No. Dolly Parton. No. Yes. Frank Sinatra. Yes. yes. Whitney Houston. Yes. No. ABBA. Yes. You yes. two? No. No. Britney Spears? No. no. Bon Jovi? No. no. Mariah Carey? No. no. Michael Bublé? No. <laughs> no. 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 Led Zeppelin? Yes. yes. The Beatles? Yes. yes. The Rolling Stones? Yes. yes. Elvis Presley? No. Yes. What? Get out. <laughs> George Michael? No. No. Queen? Yes. Yes. Elton John? Yes. David Bowie? Yes. Yes. And then we're back to Coldplay again. This is a very weird pack. How did Girls Allowed get in there? That's what I'm most astonished by. There's a few musical artists out there that if you were wanting to put put together a pack of 25 musical legends... You don't need to resort to Girls Allowed. You could have found 25 musical legends. 
Well, hair and fashion for the police is apparently five, which is a very offensive statement about wow. Sting's mullet in the 80s. It really is. Hello, <laughs> <laughs> Richie got 14. Hello? Seriously? I love like that. that. I like that. Hello. <laughs> Hello. I, I love the, the model that gets made of his head in that video because it is so unsightly huge. <laughs> you two have the same hair and fashion rating as Lionel Richie. Something has gone wrong with this uh, marking system. Adam, Adam's hair in the edge was pretty spectacular. But that is a great combination. And I, yes. Maybe next time when it's wide rubbish, I think those top drums are going to be I think that sick. might be it. Yeah. Uh, just interesting here. You two hair and fashion 14. One second. Da, 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 da. Stevie Wonder. No. All right, I'm not being funny, right? Stevie, Stevie Wonder is blind and wears glasses. Bono pretends to be blind and wears glasses, yet he's got better fashion sense. What's going on there? That's amazing. Right. That's pretty much it for us. Bye from everybody here. Bye, Bye. everybody. Bye. Bye. And good afternoon. It is our spooky brummy special. We're going a bit of Halloween in the studio, aren't we? Hello. Ooh. Hello. Ooh. All right. So here with. Mr. Keith Bluefield, hello. Hello, what a great tune to open with. Yeah, great, great tune. Science fiction double feature with a little bit of a possible American president in front of it. Is that a science fiction double feature because we're having a, a feature-length episode? Two hours, yeah, two hours. <gasps> Keep tuning in for exciting. two hours. We've got loads of fun features coming up and you've just heard the wonderful Master of Tall Tales. It's Mr. Philip Ellis. Hello. Rating five. <laughs> 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 and we have Mr. Brewer himself, David Massey, is in the studio. Hello. Rating four, maybe. Well, well, I do think I do think I must. Uh, well, I was hoping that I'd be a four. Yeah. I don't. I don't know. I don't know how I'd get to be a, a higher than a four. I don't know. I think winning awards is going to knock you up to yeah. a four point five. Four point five. Yeah. And Mr. Guy Halford did here. Welcome to Theatre of the Absurd. <laughs> Apparently. <laughs> yes. Just, just. Uh, what would you rate yourself as, Guy? A ten? Come on. Well, at the moment, at the moment, <laughs> at the moment I'd uh, rate him as the wick- Wicked Witch of the East with the hat he's got. Yes, it is a spectacular hat that guy has got. Is the Witch of the East the one who, that dies? The she, one that isn't she the one that on? gets squashed at the very start? Yeah, yeah. It's a very jaunty angle as well. Yes. <laughs> the fashion case. Fashion. It's because <laughs> yeah. he's got his Alice band on with it as well. Fashion producer. Exactly. Right, so on this special two-hour edition, we're going to be playing a little bit of PlayStation VR with a very scary game, which David already has an experience of. Uh, we will be chatting to Carl Tim. Dave, you look like you've been violated. Like <laughs> 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 oh, he actually does look really traumatised. Yes. I, um, I, I don't like <clears throat> it at all. Yeah, We'll be chatting to Carl Timms, who's created a brilliant short little movie called Still, which is mm-hmm. a zombie short film in Birmingham. And he'll be giving us his top five zombie movies, excluding Romero and Fulci. So we had to really struggle on that one. Uh, lots of classic, great music coming up. We're going to have Geeky Goings On. We're going to have a white spooky, rather than a white rubbish this time. And great other stuff coming up. Right, so before we get any further in, we're going to have a quick chat with Carl and back in a sec. So I'm here with Carl Timms from Filmmaking Extraordinaire. Hi there. I'm surprised you're not jetting all around the world with the amount of attention your films are getting at the minute. <laughs> but yeah, it's exciting. Yes. It's an exciting time. For those who are not in the know, Carl has just released his first short film to the Birmingham Film Festival in November at the Mockingbird Theatre. And it is still, which is a zombie film with a little bit of a twist. That's right. It's a short zombie film. Uh, there are many short zombie films out there. So, so I think the challenge for me was I always wanted to do something zombie. Uh, and it was how do I how do I do something with any hint of originality? I came up with the idea uh, when I was down in London one day, walking down the South Bank, and this uh, opening shot from the film just popped in my head because I saw 
uh, one of these living statues just doing his thing, standing there, and some kids were right in his face, like pulling faces, and he wasn't reacting, and uh, I didn't, for whatever reason, it just popped in my head. Oh my God, imagine if that was a zombie. And then that just rattled around for a few weeks and uh, finally got around to, to just writing the script out and, and it kind of wrote itself. It's, uh, it's a short five minutes about a living statue who's caught up in the middle of a zombie attack uh, in Golden Square in Birmingham. It's about how do you survive a zombie uh, apocalypse when your only skill in life is keeping very, very still. The zombie genre, it's perennial. I think ever since the work of George Romero back in the 60s. Perennial favourites, coming in and out of favour. It seems to be riding a big high at the moment in, the, in both film, TV, cinematic universe with Walking Dead being the most popular show on TV. Where did you get your inspiration for this kind of movie? Uh, so I am a diehard Romero fan. Uh, I think Dawn of the Dead is one of my favourite films of all time. So I wanted, if I was going to make something, they certainly weren't going to be uh, running and they sure as hell weren't going to be leaping off walls. Um, so I decided to stick with the traditional the shambling uh, Romero <laughs> yeah. rules. So yeah, so they're shambling, flesh-eating monstrosities. It's, uh, it's very much a traditional feel to it, I would say, in terms of uh, the, the zombies. And uh, I'd say one key thing, uh, which I did, which I wanted to keep in the lines of, uh, of Romero, was we don't use any eye appliances whatsoever. Everybody's using their natural eyes. So the zombies have human eyes. They're not suddenly milky white or yeah. kind of those horrible white contact, circle yeah. contact lenses, which yeah. every zombie film is using. And I think are atrocious. Uh, so yeah, that was a decision I made very early on. And I, I really like that because I think when you watch Dawn of the Dead, you know, the, the zombies have human eyes and I find that quite, quite sort of creepy. So. Well, the old adage is the eye is the window to the soul. So how, can, how else can you portray what's going on inside that zombie without actually having that physical eye contact? Absolutely. And, and I think the main thing, uh, it's very important because, he's, uh, because you've got the situation where there's a, a main zombie who's staring intently at the statue trying to work out what's going on. And uh, I think without, without those eyes being quite natural, it wouldn't, yeah. it wouldn't quite have worked because yeah. it, it, he needs that piercing stare. Uh, and we recruited um, a, a chap called Rob Hall who, uh, among other things, was uh, in one of the Walking Dead promos for, for the UK. Um, but he, he got voted... Uh, Britain's best uh, next top zombie 2012. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Britain's next top zombie, and yeah. and I tell you what, he, he's my top zombie. He's absolutely brilliant, um, you know, and, and, and his performance is uh, very physical and uh, convincing. <laughs> yeah, and the special effects are something you've taken very special care on. Uh, yes, yeah, I think the the selling point for the film, uh, especially in terms of raising money, was um, the involvement of a chap called Stuart Cameron. Uh, it was quite quite a random meeting. I went along to some networking event uh, in Digbeth and uh, I bumped into him and it was the day I'd, I'd got permission to film at Golden Square, I'd, the day after I'd written the script. So I was riding on a bit of a high yeah. and I just started chatting, chatting to this guy and he said, uh, yeah, I've done some prosthetics. And, and I said, oh, great, done zombies? And he went, yeah, a couple, a couple. And I was like, all right. And uh, we arranged to meet up. Um, and a week later, we, we were in the pub. I'd sent him some ideas. I'd sent him the script, and I said, uh, you know, I, at that point, I was just like, he can do zombies. He's in because I, I, you know, I just wanted to get it made as quick and cheap, and, and but as well as possible. So I thought some skill would be good. Um, he showed me his portfolio, and uh, suddenly he's showing me pictures of like Bill Nye and <laughs> Nick Frost. Yeah. And then he turns the page, and there's like one of the uh, women from the Descent, and then the, and I, my jaw's slowly dropping, and yeah. I'm, I'm thinking, who is this guy? And I IMDB'd him and he's got 120 credits uh, and was basically the uh, senior uh, prosthetics artist on Shaun of the Dead, yeah. uh, The Descent, Eden Lake, uh, many 
British horror films, The Children, yeah. like loads of great top films. Um, but he also, uh, I think a, another cool point claim to fame was he worked on Brain Dead with Peter Jackson back oh, in 91. Classic, classic film. Unbelievable. Um, and, and that just blew my mind because he, uh, you know, the baby in yeah. Brain Dead? Yeah, he modeled the baby. That's his, <laughs> that's his model. So, so yeah. basically, uh, you know, as soon as he told me that, I was, I was just hero worship all, all yeah. through. Um, and the fact that he wanted to work on my film um, for an absolute shoestring was, was incredible. Um, he did it because basically he just moved to Stourbridge yeah. and was looking just for something fun to do. Um, he's teaching mostly these days and, uh, um, and just decided he'd, he'd get involved and, uh, you know, uh, help me out. So it was a pretty, pretty amazing stroke of luck. Yeah. And how was it filming in Birmingham? I mean, you moved to Birmingham now, living here. So how do you find Birmingham as a location for yourself? I mean, we've tracked quite a lot of Hollywood interest. Steven Spielberg with Ready Player One. Do you think Birmingham has this natural ability to morph into other places? Yeah, I mean, I, I think it really does. And I, I, as you say, I think Hollywood are beginning to take notice of that. I think it's quite funny that they're using it as a stand-in for America. But the um, thing Birmingham has, I think, is uh, quite a variety of, of locations. It's, it's quite a, um, a versatile city in, yeah. in many ways. Um, it's, not, you know, it's not too hilly. It's in the nicest possible way. It hasn't got too much character in terms of certain yeah. locations. But there are a lot of key buildings as well you know, that really make it stand out. But, it, but I think, in particular, one thing it does very well is a desolate, apocalyptic wasteland. Big <laughs> 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 yeah, yeah. Okay, <laughs> so, yeah. so I think that sort of thing holds up really well. Um, for, for still, the challenge was uh, deciding to shoot in Golden Square. I, yeah. I, I looked at it as an opportunity because I was working around the corner and I thought, well, that means we've got a base of operations, uh, we've got a nice big square to film in, and it was brand new, so I thought yeah. they might be keen to publicise it, So, um, which, which I was right uh, with that. And Film Birmingham are a real pleasure to work with. Cindy at Film Birmingham is absolutely lovely and, and really, yeah. really helpful. They were quite keen to publicise the square, spent a lot of money on it. And uh, JQDT got involved, gave us some market stands for free as sponsorship, uh, which become a, quite a key feature in the film. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it was uh, so, so, so all that kind of came together. But then the reality hit home on day one of filming when you suddenly realise you're filming in the jewelry quarter on a Saturday, <laughs> and you're trying to film uh, you know an apocalyptic zombie wasteland <laughs> in the middle of uh, the, the the busiest jewelry buying day of the week. Yeah. So um, it was interesting. Yeah. Um, and. Uh, and I'd like to say that uh, you know there, there would be there are no continuity mistakes uh, throughout the production, but actually um, a lot of it had to be worked in post. You know the classic yeah. the classic we'll sort it in post. Yeah, we literally had to sort <laughs> it in post. There are um, there are black bars on the film, and yeah. um, I, I had the pleasure of watching it after yeah. the edit was done. Um, when the colour grade was done without the bars on and yeah. oh my god like those bars absolutely saved the film because yeah. it, behind every bar there's there's like a hand in hand couple walking past <laughs> or, you know a police car going past yeah. or a, you know a bus so um, so yeah it's it was quite tricky filming uh, yeah. Sunday was much easier it was a lot quieter but the, um, the Saturday yeah. was a, a nightmare yeah, it's quite a flexible space that location because you've got quite a big open air and you've got the big peg behind you which is pretty much a landmark building for Birmingham yeah. and then you've also got quite a nice little bit of green grass and little bits for some close-up shots at the moment. Yeah, it was, uh, it was a nice space to film in. I think the, uh, having the big peg behind was quite a solid barrier. So, yeah. so basically with the marketplace as well that we, we erected, um, we had a sort of, 
you know coverage on two sides. Yeah. So it meant that actually you didn't get any of those like sweeping views right out across um, past yeah. the clock tower and, and kind of where all the traffic and that would be. Yeah. So so we we were man- we able to control that space quite nicely. Yeah. I think if we didn't get those market stall stands, it would have been extremely tough. Uh, and I think I would have bitten off more, more than I could chew. Yeah. So so JQDT did us a, a really big favour, I think, with that one. Yeah, that works quite nicely. You're picking up some international interest at the moment. So you've been in Oklahoma tonight, which is uh, October twenty eighth. Yeah, the, um, <laughs> uh, tonight the film is screening in Oklahoma City as part of the Midwest Horror Short Film Festival, uh, which is in its second year, um, being presented by a chap called Count Gregor, who's uh, <laughs> who's like eighty eight or something. Yes. But he's he's got over. 50, 60 years experience as being yeah. a horror host. Um, so, so that's quite interesting. I wish I was there really. Um, but uh, yeah, the film, I, I'm delving my toes into the, the whole sort of pool of the, the, the festival world for the first time. It, it's quite a minefield, I think. Yeah. There's a lot of festivals out there and, and you can spend a lot of money very quickly as I, as I yeah. very rapidly found out <laughs> just because it's so easy. There's a yeah. site I'm using called Film Freeway that just lets you just basically enter festivals at kind of a couple of clicks and, and you, yeah. you pay the entry fee. So it's much easier than the old days where you'd be filling in paperwork. Yeah. They get a screen of your film, posters, images, all that stuff. And uh, yeah, so at the moment it's been put into about uh, 22 festivals between now and next Halloween. Three acceptances so far. Right. Uh, a screening event in London, which looks like that may be going ahead. Really just want to get it out there yeah. and get people seeing it and hopefully get some some attention off the back of it that I can use to put towards the next uh, the next short. Yeah, I mean, UK film industry seems to be having a bit of a revival at the moment. I mean, it had its lull a few years ago, I think, mm. and now when we've got Pinewood Studios re-hosting Star Wars, Force Awakens, uh, Rogue One, I mean, a lot of shooting there and Episode 8 in production there, it seems to have kick-started the UK film industry. I mean, especially after the UK Film Council, what happened with that? Mm-hmm. It seems like the power's now been put back in more of the small directors' hands. I'm not entirely sure about that. I think I think the I think it's great that Hollywood are filming over yeah. here, and lots of people are getting employed out of it. I think yeah. if you're a if you're an independent director, unless you Still can get struggle. into that studio system, yeah. then then it's a it's a struggle. There are a lot of organisations out there that are trying to uh, promote that side of things um, yeah. and there's some really interesting ventures I mean within Birmingham itself there's some interesting ones I mean I don't know if you yeah. know about B-Film Micro um, but that's uh, that's like a, a, a group of experienced filmmakers are um, attempting to make uh, low budget um, genre based uh, feature films and, really and cool. set kind of Birmingham up as a uh, in a way a sort of um, hammer horror style yeah. you know approach kind of cheap cheap and cheerful but yeah. well made good quality good cast going back to like that Ealing studio kind of feel yeah, well. yeah yeah that's that sort of idea very classic british yeah. uh, idea and, and yeah. I, I massively support that i think that's that's great i'm hoping to get involved um but uh, you know that's that's the sort of thing where um you know birmingham could try to start getting some traction i think we don't have as well an established film community as the rest of the uk or yeah. some of the cities like London, Manchester, yeah. even, even you've got Bristol City and Salford, and you got yeah, I mean, yeah. Sheffield's got a great film scene. So, so basically, uh, we need we need Birmingham to be up there, and there's no reason yeah. it shouldn't be. Um, so, so yeah, I think I think it's an interesting time, um, but there's obviously economically the UK is in, yeah. in a lot of um, crisis. So, so yeah. I think. There, there, there won't be lots of people handing money out yeah. <laughs> to new filmmakers readily yeah. but no nah, I mean I think that's the thing with some great ideas you don't have to spend a gigantic fortune to get it on screen as such in this digital world compared to like 
20, 30 years ago when everything was on yeah. film and digital has freed quite a lot of creators a bit more. Yes. But I yeah. think film should still, it, it needs to be supported. I mean, I'm a massive supporter of the arts and I'm, I'm, I wish this government was also a massive supporter of the arts at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. But, it's, <laughs> but it's great to hear that things are going on despite what, what else is happening in the industry at the moment. Yeah, absolutely. And, and there's, there's a lot of organisations that are um, attempting to sort of drive that. Um, I mean, just, just only yesterday, for example, there was um, uh, an organisation, the Producers Forum, uh, and they were putting on a marketplace in the new Park Regis Hotel. Yeah. And that was, that was giving sort of 30 or filmmakers the chance to meet uh, organisations like uh, BBC Films, uh, the BFI, yeah. Creative England, and, and pitch projects them. And, yeah. and, you know, those, those will evolve into meetings that might that might lead to other things. Yeah. Uh, and in fact, last year they ran it and, and I think something like six, six to eight projects have, have carried on yeah. and some are at different stages, contracting yeah. and that sort of thing. So, so you know, there is there is money out there and there are organisations that want to talk to people. I think you just yeah. need to, uh, you need to just really work at that side of it. It's um, it's a business as much as a... Yeah, I mean, um, art. Britain's got a massive pedigree with directors in work. We've got Danny Boyle, Ridley Scott coming mm. through and it's kind of, we need that next generation to start filtering through now, I think. Little bit. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, you've got, you know, you've got some great um, filmmakers that have, uh, that, that have come through in the last few years. So you've got great film directors like uh, Ben Wheatley and, uh, you know, others of his, his kind of ilk. Um, a few years back, uh, and this ties in actually to the Stuart Conran thing, because he worked yeah. on uh, Neil Marshall's films, but I thought yeah. Neil Marshall was, yes. was re- really ballsy. Because he he was trying to do Hollywood films on shoestring budgets yeah. in in the UK, and and I think Descent is one of the best horror films of the last yeah. um, 20, 30 years. It, it's terrific, and uh, you know, think even when you watch, I'd say probably slightly less successful experiments like Doomsday. Yeah, you know, he he really was trying and, yeah. and not spending a lot of money. But he's he's out in LA now. They they all move overseas. They yeah. all and you know I think he's writing uh, you know more than one directing. So yes. so I think um, as much as you've got stuff like Game of Thrones, which has been terrific for yes, the industry, you know, keeping lots of people employed. I think I think yeah there is. You've got two kinds of people, I guess. You've got the ones who just want to work in the industry and are happy to be jobbing directors for TV yeah. and films, or whatever. And then you've got people who just want to make films and be, you know, um, more independent. And uh, and whether the two can marry or whether yeah. they can be successful in either, who knows? But um, oh, yeah, it's a def- difficult balancing act. Definitely trying to work between those two. But I think there is a definite hunger in UK audiences to see more UK film. Uh, with the yeah, I think so. With the dissemination of content, the way it's going now, where you got Netflix and you've got really genre-specific niche production. I think this is really going to help, possibly people who are more genre-specific get through that. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I mean, I, I don't know if anyone's making money off of Netflix, but certainly yeah. the the platform itself as yeah. a, as a distribution channel is it has revolutionised things. I think. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I think it gives people uh, you know a much bigger opportunity to to get their work seen by many many people and and there are a lot of people that are just using Netflix as just that kind of couch surfing they yeah. just watch anything you know so so there's a very good chance if your film's even half decent it will get seen that being said you wade through a lot of yeah. crap on Netflix yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. and, you know, and Prime and you know you, you look at those platforms and there are so many films with like one two yes. stars and you just sort of think a lot of the time as well when you watch them they, they just make Lots of little mistakes that could be very easily rectified. I mean, yeah. it's all right me saying this when I've only done the, you know, this five-minute film, but yeah. but I think um, you've just got to try and put as much quality as you can yeah. into each area of the production, yeah. and 
there's always some area that they fall down on and yeah. usually it's the script I mean it's all, it always feels a bit mystery science theatre 3000 for me when you run through Netflix or Amazon Prime and it's kind of do I want to pick a film because I know it's going to be bad and I'm going to enjoy watching how bad it's going to be or is it going to yeah exactly <laughs> do you want to watch that polished production yeah, yeah exactly and I think the uh, the 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 bad films that are so bad they're good, they yeah. tend to get quite good word of mouth in the sense yeah. that you'll find out about them anyway. I think just randomly watching something, I, I, I tried that for <laughs> the first time in ages, uh, fairly recently on Prime, and I started watching this film and it just had, it, an hour in I had to stop watching because it, it just made the criminal mistake of just being dull. Yeah. It's just dull I and think, boring, you yeah. know, and, and I think that's the worst thing any, any film can be, it's just boring, I think yeah. if you, you know, I don't care what genre it's in. I'll watch pretty much anything, but but it's um, the, yeah. the worst mistake anyone can make is boring. I mean, anybody can make a boring film, and that's the thing nowadays. I mean, you can get these author directors who get unlimited budget, and the end result can still be quite flabby sometimes. Oh, absolutely! I mean, yeah, I mean, Hollywood's the worst for that. Jupiter Ascending for me, a recent example. Hilarious. Quite, quite. <laughs> a decent, you had quite a stellar cast, and then you got Eddie Redmayne, who's been. Touted as one of the best actors of all time. He was so awful in that film. Yeah, and the script was just dull, dull, yeah. dull, dull. It's like you can throw as many explosions. Very nice visuals. Yeah, the one thing I want to say: beautiful yeah. visuals in that film. I think that's yeah. the problem with the Wachowskis, actually. Just... Yeah, I mean, they're, they're the exact the same as Speed Racer, where it was kind of it was an amazing visual feast, but there was no actual content in there. And yeah, I think you all can, star, no substance. Yeah, I mean, you can make an amazing burger, but if the burger's missing, you're still going to be missing what everybody wants in there. Yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, the, the the person I always look up to, uh, I'd say my my kind of modern hero in direction is, is Danny Boyle because I think yes. you know he's he's not only proved how versatile he is, um, but but whatever genre he works in, he gives it the very best. You know, yeah. and, and I think I I don't dislike any of his films. That I've seen. I mean, you know, even the great. even the London Olympic opening ceremony was a visual feast. Yeah, absolutely, uh, yeah, absolutely, and and I think he he is so unbelievably talented, but very down to earth as well when you hear interviews yeah. with him he's very rooted I don't think he, he's ever really let it go to his head but he's also yeah. moved in that I know he did Steve Jobs and that's for yeah. a higher budget but he's he's surfed in that sort of hard to get into kind of mid-budget bracket where yeah. it, you know, it's some sort of low budget to mid-budget but he's not yeah. he's never sold out and done a you know yeah. Marvel movie or something you know? yeah, and that mid-budget yeah, I mean, that mid-budget seems to have just completely evaporated the last few years. You've either yeah. got now the $100 million blockbuster with more marketing money than you could ever want, or that 10 to £15 million pounds area and below. Yeah, And there's absolutely. nothing in between, which is seems to be quite a big thing in the film industry at the moment. It's either you get all the money you want, or you have to make, make do. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, and it's because... Um, they, I think they just got this idea that films in that mid bracket actually can't sell. But I mean, you look at you look at foreign markets, yeah. and, and you look at some of the stuff um, like films that Norway are producing, or yeah. you know Japan and things like that. And, and some of the budgets on those films are, are crazy small, and yeah. yet they're pulling out films that are um, far more entertaining, consistently far more entertaining than and any, you, than most things yeah. Hollywood put out. And then you get the reworked Hollywood version four or five years later with mm. all the actual interest removed from it and it's yeah. just dull turgid 
movie. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you get a film like uh, Let the Right One In, which was yeah. just, uh, I think... It did not need a remake. Film. Didn't need a remake. It completely accessible, you know. Yeah. There, there was nothing, although it's very Swedish, there was nothing in it that yeah. somebody with half a, you know, iota of attention span yeah. wouldn't be able to sort of watch and read the subtitles. But, um, but yeah, they, they still decided to remake it. I haven't seen the remake. I've heard it's good. But, yeah. but I just, it, it's kind of pointless. I mean, that, that actually... Uh, um, what, one of my uh, the list that we're going to do shortly one of my selections on there is uh, is in that vein and yeah. um, had a had a pointless remake <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. I mean, there's, there's way too many of those in Hollywood at the moment it's like if, if it's a great foreign film it doesn't need redoing sometimes yeah absolutely um, yeah. and you know the, when, when they start remaking English films as well like, yeah. like The Wicker Man yeah. <laughs> you know that, when, when they, the, not the, the bees that, not the bees the bees <laughs> my eyes but, um, but yeah I mean that you know you see something like that and you just think just shameless cash grab I mean yeah. why you know there, there, there's no point to it at all um, yeah. and yeah that's uh, that's a scene I'll hopefully never delve into yeah going back to still Mm-hmm. Zombie films not known for their dialogue, so and I assume this is very thin on the dialogue round. I haven't uh, actually had a chance to watch it. Yet. Apologies. But. Yeah. So so the, uh, the the premise is obviously the guy the guy is rooted to the spot with fear. So uh, so what you get is basically an inner monologue. Um, yeah. So so sort of cheated it because he can't he can't speak and the zombies are just growling and yeah. stumbling around and moaning. So um, yeah, you, you kind of get a, a running inner monologue and that. Yeah. that like threads all together yeah um, but uh, which, which works which work quite nicely um, yeah I mean that's a great way of doing it because I think when you've got an antagonist who pretty much has no vocal range except grow <laughs> that's a brilliant way I think of acting with that with having that internal monologue run through because then you can at least get both sides of the story from the reaction in that internal dialogue yeah absolutely and, and I mean it meant that a lot of the humour had to come out in the voiceover as well because yes. uh, otherwise it's just a guy stood there for hours <laughs> but, but um, I'd like to think I managed to pack in quite quite a lot uh, into, yeah. the, into the seven minute running time in terms of incident um, and yeah, there's, there's, there's quite a lot of things happen, but but kind of expressing it through his his inner thoughts is, yeah. uh, is quite entertaining. It makes me chuckle. Yeah. And so with the makeup, back to the zombies, you've said amazing style makeup. How, how did you choose what style of zombie makeup you was going with? Because there's quite a few. I mean, you've got your Fulci style, which is very decayed. You've got your Romero style, which is the grey kind of shabbily dressed people that we all know and love. Then you've got your new ones, 28 Days Later, where it's all fierce, rabid, foamy. Yeah, so the the first things I said were, right from the beginning was, I'm not going to use the eyepieces, like I said earlier, and I'm not going to do that black kind of panda eyes yeah. that, that every cheap zombie film does. <laughs> it just looks really, really cheap. So uh, knowing the situation, obviously, for a guy, unless he's been stood there months, um, the, uh, the the attack had to have been fairly sudden. Yeah. So the the kind of premise I was leading up to with the film was right. If anyone thinks too hard about this, it, it yeah. falls apart. So it, to make sense, it's got to have been quite a quick incident. So yeah. it's probably uh, you know something uh, airborne, something yeah. bacterial or, or you know chemical, and they've changed very very fast. Yeah. So uh, we went for quite a, a pale sort of veiny look. Yeah. So so just basically um, pale the skin. Yeah. Uh, probably down the lines of the classic kind of Romero look uh, and mm. 
when you we had upwards of about 40 50 zombies on set wow um which was quite which was quite impressive yeah. uh, for, for a film of that scale and um obviously not all of them could have the same level of attention yeah. so the, the zombies that are near in the front of the camera uh, yeah. had a lot of attention we had a, a really good team of makeup artists around uh, Stuart. yeah and he did the two or three of the key ones and the rest were, were probably a bit more solid. So, yeah. so it's one of those things, like any zombie film, if you start looking too far into the background, you can probably uh, nitpick a bit. But the, uh, but yeah, I think the, the, the look is, is quite sort of classic. Yeah. Pallid skin. Pallid skin, yeah. veiny. Um, you know, they're just dead, mm-hmm. non-decayed. Yeah. It's a fresh thing. That's really cool. So where can we find more information about the film? You have a Facebook page? Uh, I have a Facebook page. So uh, it's facebook.com slash zomshort still. Uh, Z-O-M short still. And uh, same uh, Twitter handle. So it's uh, zomshort still. Uh, hashtag zomshort still. And uh, yeah, you can find out more information. Um, the film is the first to be released from uh, Dark Matter Films, which is a, a kind of film collaborative that I'm putting together of uh, hopefully like-minded, uh, genre-obsessed filmmakers. The the name Dark Matter Films is indicative of uh, yeah. the sort of dark spaces that we can't quite describe. Oh, I was thinking Twilight Zone esque. Yeah. John Carpenter style, that Black Star kind of movie, kind of that feels were. Dark yeah. Star is one of my favourite all-time terrible movies from John. Oh Barthes. no, I like, yeah, I like, I like Dark Star, and uh, yeah, so it's it's that kind of idea. Yeah. It's it's films that inhabit the spaces between our reality. I think yeah. is the the tagline I came up with, and uh, that's so very much playing into a, a childhood obsession with like the, the yeah. Twilight Zone and uh, uh, things like Black Mirror, things like that. So so I want to do sci-fi, fantasy, yeah. horror, thrillers, all in that genre, and mix and match. Yeah. And if anyone wants to get in touch. Uh, if anyone wants to get in touch, uh, go to the Dark Matter Films UK Facebook page, um, and uh, yeah, there's a button on there. Hit the link and, and send send me uh, an email. Right, brilliant. Thank you very much. Great. Thank you, Ryan. Hi, this is Garrett Wong. I played Instant Harry Kim on Star Trek Voyager, and you're listening to Brum Radio. And thank you very much to Carl Timms there for giving us a bit of an introduction to his zombie short film, Still. You can find more information online at Still Zom Short on Facebook. And he's also on Twitter, so keep an eye out there. We'll be hearing more from him later when he gives us his top five zombie films, excluding George Romero and Fulci. So that should be quite interesting. Now, Mr. Philip Ellis is headsetted up with his glowing wands in his hands, and he's ready to play a bit of scary VR. You ready, Phil? How are you feeling, Phil? Uh, I am feeling quite apprehensive, actually, because while uh, while you all, all got the treat of the specials, uh, I, I've been listening to this creepy, creepy clown music. <laughs> go so, for it. Are you going to go easy, normal? Yeah, oh, easy. easy. Right, oh, oh my so... God, it's really dark. Ah! <laughs> Who are you? Who are you? There's a, there's, a, there's a creepy carny talking to me. So Phil's, wow, as you can hear, Phil is now in the game. Is, oh, okay, okay. I'm in a circus tent. Yeah. Oh, on a train. I'm on. I'm on. A, I'm on a ghost train. Uh, this is going to end very poorly. I, I already kind of want to get off. Um, oh, I'm going into a gigantic dead woman's mouth now. Um, <laughs> God, that's really... You enjoying yourself so far, Phil? Uh, no, no. I, I think I don't think I want to be on this radio show anymore. Uh, okay. Oh, oh God, no. Okay, now I'm in the dark tunnel. I'm and oh God, oh God. Ah! Was that a floating baby head? 
That's that's the yeah, moon screen. Oh, okay. That's, 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 <laughs> that's oh, the, and now it's snowing, it's okay. snowing, it's snowing, it's snowing. Oh my god, I'm so scared. <laughs> bats, 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 bats. Right, everywhere. to reload, you need to flick your guns up. <laughs> and there's a oh, there's a raven with black eyes and a snowman with a yep. target on its chest. Bam, and a yep. uh. So there's oh, some God. targets for Phil to shoot as he goes along um, on his ghost car. Ghost okay, car. why is the... What's going on here? What's going oh, on it's here? It's gone a little bit quiet um, in the game. There's, there's lots of creepy animals and... Oh! Oh, oh it's a stag. Uh, like an evil stag, I think. Oh. oh, God. Oh, my God! Oh, my God! Oh, my God! Zombie girl! Zombie girl! Ah! Ah! <laughs> 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 oh. You might want to... You might want to reload, Phil. Oh, this is horrible. <laughs> oh. so, so the bat, the bats are flying down now. Oh. Yes. Oh, shoot the, shoot the barrier. Shoot the barrier. Shoot the barrier. It's brilliant to see how far you've moved back. Oh yes. my god. Oh, zombie girl is in the barn. I don't want to go into the barn. I don't. Can I? Oh my. Oh no, no. I don't want to go. I want. Can I get off? Don't, don't now? forget, you can see oh this god, on our no. Periscope channel as well, oh. Geeky yes. Boy. Oh god, oh god, oh god, oh god, oh god, oh god, okay, please someone get my head off me now. You sure? Oh, you ah, did? Ah, yep. Reload your guns. Yep. Guys, wrap it up. <laughs> I think <laughs> Phil's had enough help. <laughs> yeah. Right, so we'll get Phil off the VR. Well, one more second. How are you feeling, Phil? I, I hate all of you. <laughs> Oh my god, there's something going to jump out of me in there. Oh god. Uh, <laughs> uh, 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 it's his, his brain. Ah. He's, he's almost through the wall now. Yeah, he's almost through the level. I, no, I, I, don't, I don't want to finish the level. I want, I want to get home. Shoot the thing. 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 Now there's blood ah, oh all over oh the screen. Yeah. Oh my god! Ah, 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 ah. Oh no! Oh no! Oh no! Oh no! <laughs> this is this is brilliant. Oh my god! Ah, 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 Phil is going down a mine car with rocks falling at, rock falling from the sky down. For real. Oh. We're, we're sorry if you're listening through your ah. headphones. Yes. Ah. What do I ever do to any of you to deserve this? Slowing down. Oh, Watch, no, Duck. Oh, Duck. Down, so like, oh, yeah. oh, no. oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, I'm so low. Okay. Oh, God. Why is the train stopped on the slope? <laughs> oh, my God. So, do you genuinely feel like you're on a haunted house? I genuinely feel like I'm going to do something horrible to you since this is over. <laughs> oh, and creepy circus music. Oh, amazing. <laughs> That's not horrible at all. Uh, okay, I'm on the edge 
of a mountain. Oh, yep. Yeah. Oh, oh looking for another drop. Oh no, oh no, there's another drop coming. Uh, ah! Ah! So the minecart just the went over the edge and onto another track. Oh. So just oh. slowing down now. Oh. oh my god, no, 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 the train's going into a haunted hotel. No, I don't want to go into the haunted hotel. Oh, oh my god, there's blood outside. everywhere. There is blood all over the snow. Okay, get, okay, guys, get them off now. Please. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we'll get Phil out of that now. <laughs> Would you like some water, Phil? Sweaty. Well done, Phil. Well done. Uh. <laughs> Keith, can you grab? <laughs> <laughs> he's, get, he's gone for a lie down there all of a sudden. <laughs> you okay, Phil? Alice, everybody. <sighs> he's, get, he's, he's getting yes. it together. He's getting. Pro he's put a professional, funny. professional yeah. face on. This yes. is what he's doing. He's back to it. Yeah. Yes, you did not swear. I'm very impressed by yourself. Well, well done. So how was your first VR ghost trade experience? I have PTSD. <laughs> <laughs> I am drenched in sweat. Right. That was that was that was horrible. Yeah. Horrible. Why that was not my legs are shaking. My hands are shaking. I yeah, no, I, I... No. That's fine. You're in the studio, you're in a safe place now. Ryan, you've got it to come yet. Yeah, I've still got this to come, so <laughs> <laughs> this is gonna be interesting. And that was the Easy setting. Yeah, that was that easy. Was easy. I always, oh, I'll go on normal. I'm, I'm, I'm tough. I'm brave. <laughs> <laughs> right. So to give Phil a piece, a bit of a rest, we're going to go. To Hello, this is Mr. B, the gentleman rhymer here on Brum Radio. And Phil's calmed down a little bit now. <sighs> How's the heart palpitations <laughs> going? Uh, my heart rate has gone back to normal. Um, yeah. I can't wait to watch back the the video of that because. Yeah. I, 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 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, well, there's no better way to get into the Halloween spirit than no. just being scared silly. Yes. And uh, and that has certainly <laughs> done the trick. I like My hands were physically shaking while holding the um, yeah. two controllers. I like that you kind of like retreated into like almost a bit of a fetal position <laughs> on the chair. I was I I was trying to, to get as far away from from these monsters as possible. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's just the thing is like it's so you so quickly forget that it's not real. Yeah. Mm. It's just oh. <laughs> you know what's gonna be worse, Phil? Those they're gonna be popping up in your dreams tonight. Those zombie girls. Well, the thing is, I'm going out for Halloween tonight, so I'm just gonna be having like flashbacks on on the dance floor. I'm gonna start like you know to shoot people. People come up to your face and you just literally like, like <laughs> <laughs> moving your hands around. I didn't know that I, I I I didn't know that that's what it. I, I can't remember. I can't remember the last time I screamed as an adult, and I didn't know that's what it sounds like. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. So it wouldn't be Halloween with a bit without a bit of magic. And Guy managed to get to watch Doctor Strange this week on a Wednesday. What was that pun? <laughs> it wasn't a pun. It was a segue. <laughs> yeah, I did watch it. Yeah. Yes. So let us know. No spoilers, please, because I'm seeing it tomorrow with Wifey. Uh, yeah, it's good. <laughs> yeah, that's it, a top review. Yeah, 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 good. Presented the Brum Radio album review Deep show. Cut Mark Commode's <laughs> job is in jeopardy. Yes. Yeah, watch out, Mark. Guys, coming for you. No, it's it, visually, it's very, very good. Everybody in it is fantastic. Um, it, it's a very enjoyable film. 
it's another great Marvel film. It's probably not the best one they've ever done. Mm. But, you know, I think we're getting to stage now. They've had so many films that they're going to have hits and misses now or ones which are not as good as, you know, some of the ones that have come along. But it's just it's like episodic now. It's like TV. So. Yeah. Um, my only gripe with it was... Um, Sorry, I just uh, just uh, passed wind there. <laughs> my only gripe with it was that it made me pass wind. Um, <laughs> no, my only gripe with it was that at this stage in this game of Marvel, like, you know, what is it, 14 films in now or something? Yeah. Uh, enough of the origin stories. I'm not interested in finding out how somebody became something. I guess I had to do it with Doctor Strange, but for me it's kind of like, I think when you, you're so used to watching those films and those characters and it's, like, it's such an episodic universe now, when you've got to sit through someone's, oh, how this is how I became this person. It's kind of like, I just want to get to the good stuff. And they didn't really do that with Guardians of the Galaxy, did they? Not had, really. They had a bit of an origin with Peter Quill, because you saw him as a child. But with mm. all the others, you just sort of met them as adults. You know, Rocket, Groot, Gamora. You you heard a little bit of their backstory, but you didn't have to sit through two hours of them becoming who they are. Yeah. I mean, it's really great how they did the backstory in Guardians of the Galaxy, because it was done by the credits. Uh, yeah. The opening credits, it was all wrapped up straight in, and then it was a really good way of doing it. I think as well, even with Ant-Man, <clears throat> I wouldn't say that was much of an origin film. There was, okay, how Scotland became the Ant-Man, but at the same time, I think with Ant-Man, it was, it was all plot involved, because, you know, you had the point of how he... I just think with Ant-Man, they, they tackled that origin story quite well. well they, I just, didn't... they just set up in Ant-Man that Michael Douglas was Ant-Man and he'd been knocking yeah. around for ages and Scott just got the suit because they needed a new hero. But what what format did you see Doctor Strange in? Was it just regular? Did you see IMAX? Did you see it 3D? Uh, just regular. Because <coughs> I've heard that certain sequences have been filmed specially for IMAX. So would you, would you say it's a film that is probably worth going to see 3D IMAX or is just regular okay? Uh, as a fan of not not seeing things in 3D, I mean, 2D's fine. You get the, the impact of the visual effects and, the, you know, I guess in IMAX it'll look even better, but 3D, I, I, I just don't bother with it anyway. My big question is, how does Benedict work with the American accent? Fine. Yeah, you just get used to it. It's um, <clears throat> it's a bit strange at first, but, yeah, you just get used to it. But, no, it's good. I think he's going to be a good addition to... Um, to the universe, yeah. I and think. Is it is it actual magic? Is the character really using spells and magic and all that kind of stuff? Yeah, but I guess because it's an origin story, you don't see it like it to full extent. Um, you know, because he's learning as he goes along. So, I guess the inevitable sequel will come along and he'll be fully mastered and, you know, be pulling all the tricks from his bag. But at the moment, yeah, it just see like origin and just the origin was kind of like yeah, it was great. I don't think about it, but I enjoyed it, but... And because a lot of the trailers and a lot of people have described it as kind of like Marvel's version of Inception, does it differentiate itself away enough from Inception and the world folding? Does it kind of take that and do its own thing with it? Uh, I guess. I guess that people are just saying that because they've seen the trailers and all the, the buildings fold and stuff like that, but they just need to look past that. It's just special effects, and that's what they can do with that sort of thing. But, um, yeah, they just need to move past that, really. So how would you rate it? Do we, do we want to do out of five, A, B, C, D, F, G? Go out of five, yeah. Uh, probably out of three and a half. It's not the best Marvel film. It's enjoyable. There's some good humour in it. I'd definitely, you know, re-watch it as part of the stable. Uh, not the best one they've ever done. But a, a, a great introduction to a new character. Stephen Strange is interesting. He's got characteristics as Iron Man, you know, the arrogance and stuff like that. So he's going to be, I think, a big player to come. Um, but yeah, just a bit maybe the origin story just for me wasn't fantastic. Uh, I could have done without. I could have been doing like five minutes at the beginning, like, oh yeah, this happened to me, and then I became this, and job done, and then let's go and fight some bad guys. You know, I, I could have done with that, and 
you know, wrapped up quite easily. I mean, I think me and Keith will probably remember the made-for-TV movie from the <laughs> 90s, which kind of was just four hours of origin story is what it felt like. I mean, yeah, I think any of the previous attempts Marvel have taken at their characters have been victims of the technology and the, yeah. the climate that they were made in. I think what, what they're doing good now is they've just grasped that whole, we can actually make a comic book come to life. I mean, and part of the adventure on this one is, is, is introducing magic to the Marvel Universe. Yeah, well, we've got we've cosmic. just had superhero and cosmic powers before, but this is the first I mean, I haven't magic is in. I haven't touched on that, actually, the visuals. Like, you obviously see the visuals, like the Inception-type vision in the trailer, but there's, there's more than that visual-wise. Yeah. When you actually sort of starts going to other dimensions not well, spoilers but looking some forward, of the visuals are just incredible yeah, what I'm looking forward to see is how they interpret the, the early Steve Ditko Doctor Strange cosmic um, magical universe in, into screen because that looks quite good but do we need to stay for the end credits oh yeah there's two end credit scenes and they're both important so yeah I mean to be fair just go on YouTube I'm sure they'll be on there go to the cinema <laughs> support Marvel Yes, it's always good. I mean, like for me, the experience was kind of ruined by an annoying boy sat behind me who was eating popcorn. You know, you go to the cinema and you just got that guy who's just eating popcorn. And yeah, yeah, that's me. Yeah, but, like, yeah, but you know, you, like normally, like, the, what this guy was doing, you put mouthfuls in normally, you just chew loads of popcorn. This guy's eating one piece at a time. It's kind of like, are you joking? That's not like natural. I know. It's there's the natural progression of how you eat popcorn, which is you start with one piece and then another piece off the top. And within about, I would say, 60 seconds, you're grabbing it here, yeah. by the fistful. Exactly. And like half of it's ending up down your shirt for later. So <laughs> the fact yeah. that you've actually got popcorn left to eat when the movie's on is kind of like you're failing at being at cinema because you should be in there. You should have eaten your popcorn during the trailers and the uh, the advertisements. You should be kind of out of food by the time the movie starts. That, that's, exactly. that's what I used to do. Exactly. No, no food left. I mean, this guy had popcorn remaining up to a good hour and a half into the film. He was still chewing at June pieces. No, no, I'd be starting on my drink after that. Perhaps we should introduce our own geeky brummy code of <coughs> conduct for Birmingham cinemas as I well. I mean, this should apply to this guy, because I mean, I'm not going to lie, he kind of tainted my experience. I feel this going into a why is it rubbish and this guy, <laughs> but like, he had his foot on my chair. Which one is a no-no? I don't want to turn well, my head. What, the gap in between the chairs? Yeah, I could see his I could Did see you not shoe. give him a... Well, no, and then he was eating his popcorn loudly. Then he kept coughing. It's like, great, I'm going to get a cough. How, how many people were in the cinema at this point? Uh, quite, quite a few. Was it, was it a busy cinema? Is this yeah, what you're trying to busy. say? That's quite busy. not cricket, is it? This I, is I, I have a similar kind of list of things that I really take umbrage with. And boiled I'm, sweets. Boiled sweets at the cinema. No. Oh, never. The never. The yes. you know, it's, the worst thing is, it's when somebody who is tall doesn't sit in the back row. <laughs> I mean, that's just ruining it forever. I don't want to see do you just point of your head, you know, popping up under the screen. Do you just point at them and go, you know your place in the cinema is at the back, <laughs> don't you? <laughs> You, you better be Bit, 50s show. America there, Dave. Go, no, go to the back. <laughs> <laughs> so I love the way we mapped up that Doctor Strange review. It's like, yeah, it's good, three and a half. Well, uh, the thing about going to the cinema is all the people kicking the yes. back of your chair. Uh, he had a really annoying laugh as well, so every time there was a joke, I didn't laugh at any of the jokes in the film because that guy got to the laugh before me and his laugh was so annoying that he, he, just, he just ruined it for me. Because I like there'd be a joke, I'd be like ready to go, huh, like that. But he'd be like, <laughs> and it's like, that's, that's like, you laugh like a pig. When you go and brilliant. see these big Marvel films, actually, one of the worst bits is if you haven't been to see it like in the first week, you go and then everyone else in the cinema, you, you're going to be with like the purists who've been to see it at least one or two times. So they're like pointing out to the mates, oh, this bit's going to be really good. And I'm like, I don't want to know which bits you think are going to be good. I want to experience this story for myself. So I went to see um, Star Wars The Force Awakens, um, I think about maybe, it was only maybe four or five days after it came out in the UK. 
and uh, in that big, big final scene uh, where Ray arrives at, you know, for anyone who hasn't seen it, I'm not going to spoil it, but Ray arrives at a place, mm-hmm. and uh, the people in the row in front of me were putting on their coats. And I was like, oh, so the film's going to end with it. Thank you, you human garbage. <laughs> right. So, yeah, uh, Doctor, uh, Strange, uh, Doctor yeah. Strange is good, <laughs> yes, but don't sit behind any, in front of an idiot. <laughs> or don't sit behind a very tall person eating bald sweets and popcorn one piece at a time. Or if you see me in the cinema, avoid going anywhere near me. Say, make make a, like, a seven-seat radius around me. <laughs> So we're just getting Dave set up for his VR experience. This is going to be fun. Uh, so guys, just guiding Dave around the thing. Uh, Phil's enjoying having to watch this now rather than See, being a part of it. This is Schadenfreude now. Because, yes. Um, I just want I want all of you to go through uh, what I went through. Because yeah. then you'll learn a little bit of empathy. Yes, we will do. Uh, I've just had a tweet come through from uh, <laughs> from somebody who's like, "Oh, uh, have you watched Black Mirror by any chance?" And I was like, "Yes," and it was a million times worse. <laughs> Right, so we are periscoping this, so we are live on Twitter. Keith easy, is getting the set of... Put it on easy. Yes, Dave. Dave has to the level Final Inferno. So no! <laughs> oh my god, oh my god. Yeah, the creepy guy is back. He's not even in no, the game. No, no, no. <laughs> we we apologise in advance if there is any bad luck. I'm yes. sorry, but I... Alright, Dave is in already. Uh, he's no, just shooting know, everything. This, this is horrifying. No, no, there's all babies' heads on the floor. Yeah. Oh, yeah so, I've got to put some sound on it, Yeah, sound might be useful. No! Oh, I've, not, like I've not seen this. Yes. Like, I do not like the sound on this. Yes. Dave, oh, you're going to head. do this because you put yourself on Final Inferno. So no! <laughs> so even Guy doesn't know what's coming on this thing. one. Oh my god. Right, I've got to try not to swear, and it's not going to go very well. <laughs> That was a creepy laugh. He's in the sound of Phil Ellis laughing in the studio. <laughs> <laughs> I love the way that Phil's reacting to this. He's not even in the game anymore. <laughs> so he's taking the headset off. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not going with the headset. I'm yeah. not going with that. Don't forget to reload this time, Dave. No, I really don't like this at all. I, I really don't think so. I don't know where this level's gonna go! No, I don't like this at all. Oh my god. It feels like... I'm gonna just focus on Dave's reaction so we don't give anything away. Oh, he's, yeah. yeah, he's in a cage. Ooh, no. it's going down. It's getting spooky. Oh no! <laughs> that sounds lovely and menacing, doesn't it? Yes. Dave appears to have uh, descended into hell. Yes. <laughs> no! So we got... It's, as I said, this is on Periscope, so if you want to watch it, go to the Geeky Brummy page on Twitter. No, it keeps going faster and slower. Yes. Ooh, it's good. Wow, Squeals are feast of day's blood. Oh, this is very spooky, God. this one is now. What, look at oh, 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 that. Oh, up to the right. That is a very spooky skeleton. <laughs> Dave is turning away from me. <laughs> wow. Reload. Hey, Dave has encountered the devil himself. Oh my god. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> that is literally the devil himself. Oh, I see what's happening. Yes. Yeah. Right, Dave's got his shooting over his shoulder. <laughs> oh. 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 Dead. Is Dave oh. dead? 
Yeah, Dave has died. Oh, no, he's not. Oh, no. He's going to get back into it. Oh, oh, my God. Back. No, 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 no. I can't do that. No, no, no. I, I, don't, I think my arms have been eaten by something as well. Yes. Really? No, I'm not going back in. Okay, right. Um, my cruise is about to finish. I'm really uh, checking yeah. out of it. I kind of... Are you sure you want to finish, Dave? No, I just want to come out of it now, yeah. Yeah. Cool. So Dave's coming out now. <laughs> <laughs> They didn't get the crystal. No. No, I've been locked. No, <laughs> you'd have been locked, locked in the room. <laughs> you okay? I'm really, really sweaty. I'm so sorry. Um, yeah. No, I didn't realise that I'd selected like a boss level. <laughs> <laughs> and obviously that means I've been to hell and back. Yes. Uh, yeah. Oh, what's hell, Dave? And well, nice. apparently it's a um, oct- uh, octopus devil creature. Um, yeah, I'm a... Dave's <laughs> <laughs> getting some love for that. Yeah. Oh, oh my gosh. Well, thank you for punishing me with uh, going on that again. It's all right. We did, we did do a slightly easier level on the previous one, and uh, that was already petrifying. So, um, yeah, ask me how real it is again. How real is it? Um, it's, it's quite scary. It's, it's, is it scarier than you thought it was going to be there, was it, Dave? Well, yes, because I had to, when you've got music playing right in your ears and it's... Yeah. Um, it's using the uh, binaural, binaural, that's the word. Binaural sound, it's using yeah. using the binaural sound. You find yourself really sort of, uh, I realise I'm not talking into my friend. Um, <laughs> you find yourself uh, really immersed in it, and that's why I had to take the headphones on. The first time I did it, I could only put one one ear on, because I had to be listening to you guys. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, very scary. When you played it the first time, Dave, where, where were you on the first time you did it? Oh, I was at the start, wasn't I? Yeah, you were at a pig slaughter. Oh, I was in a sl- pig yeah, it was in a pig slaughterhouse yeah, the first time around. Apparently, I was mimicking. I'd, I'd like to remind everybody as well. We do broadcast from the. Earth. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> this is the warehouse. This yeah. is a, a, the, the Friends of the Earth building. Yes, so no actual pigs were harmed in the making no, of that no, game. No pigs were harmed in the making. Um, so that game was called Until Dawn: Russia Blood to the Head. Hey everybody, John Barrowman here, and you are listening to Brum Radio. Tell me why it's spooky. <laughs> <laughs> So it's sort of our usual way it's rubbish. <laughs> so it feels brilliant. <laughs> Just recover from that. Hasn't Dave? Dave's obviously got some kind of chest infection from hell there. <laughs> I was a bit toasty down there for you, Dave. I'm so sorry. Oh. So it's time for tell me why it's spooky instead of the usual why it's rubbish. Oh, no. So this was Guy's idea, so all blame can be appropriated correctly. And so, what what is the uh, the format of, of this round? Guy, introduce it for us. Uh, you know, Bugger like you first. know, like we just go around saying things like rubbish, like that, that gimp in the cinema. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's like what scares us. So, so who Stunned silence as everyone goes quiet. Well, Dave, you can go oh, first, you and you can't first. say the uh, last inferno. <laughs> <laughs> I would just I would have said that. Um, I was walking through the park going home yesterday, and the leaves were falling through the park like I was in Silent Hill. <laughs> Which was a bit freaky. Was it, was it foggy as well, or was it just? It was, just, it was a little bit strange, a little bit of a. And you were the only one there, and mm. I could, and then a leaf fell on my face, and then I freaked out about that. <laughs> did it get stuck to your face? <laughs> it did get stuck to my. And I had to like peel it off my face. Leaf away. Was it like a dead little girl? Like, <laughs> but I was a bit like freaked out by it because when you're walking through in a st- like the estate on your own, you do, and and suddenly it's starting to be like that. You suddenly feel like Silent Hill is uh, is happening. Around you, I don't know. I don't know what things I actually find spooky. 
Well, VR, apparently. VR scares the, <laughs> scares the crap out of me. Um, I guess it's thing because because I've got depth perception issues. Everything probably pretty much cars coming towards me scares me. You know, if I, I as as a result. But yeah, I've just um, yeah depth anything that um, is surging towards my face. I don't know where did that action <laughs> of my hands coming towards my face on the air. Face what, surging. What, what's yes. um yeah. Face surging. What yes. what scares you guys? Phil. Um. Oh God. Um, Not VR. <laughs> Uh, so <laughs> it's it's a it's a it's a really like puerile, immature thing. But it's just I whenever I walk into my um, the building where I live, like it's a, a, an apartment building, um, it's just making sure that when I turn the light on in the hall, I am up the stairwell and in my flat before the timer turns the lights off. Ooh. Because if you're in the hallway and the light, I mean. I don't know what happened, probably nothing, but I don't want to find out, you know? Yeah, we've just had new lights in our building and they're more motion sensitive, <coughs> so they turn off as you walk down and they turn on in front of you as you walk up. Oh, so oh it God. is just like so ultimately freaky when is, you walk around. And, and, and it's just, it's when I, I'll, I'll be sat in my flat and I'll hear yeah. the click in the hall of the lights coming on, yeah. but there's no one there. Like yeah. I've, I've not heard any doors open, I've not heard any footsteps, but the lights are just coming on. It's like, it, maybe, my, maybe my building's haunted, I don't know. <laughs> So automated lights for you, Phil? Yes. I mean, I'm pretty sure that Stephen King has probably, at some point in his illustrious career, written a short story about this exact situation. Yeah. <laughs> Keith, you're up. I'm not sure I'm prepared. I think this this is what's creepy, kind of like being asked <laughs> to think what is spooky. Yeah. I'm, trying to, I'm trying to think about it. Now I'm a grown adult and stuff. It's like not so much I've kind of gone through enough to think there's not so much that's scary. Memories of things that were scary sometimes trouble me. So I remember yes. going. To, I remember going to see Evil Dead, yes. far too young, at a cinema in Birmingham, which no longer exists, and that freaked me out for about two and a half years. And then my mate made us watch it on Betamax, and it freaked me out again. Yeah. So occasionally, sometimes that kind of like what's at the top of the stairs kind of thing, crazy yes. people under the floorboards kind of stuff. Basements. Yeah. Having so a pencil like, stabbed into your ankle. Yeah. yeah. Losing a hand and stuff. <laughs> I don't know, I think it depends on the situation. Sometimes you just get creeped out just by so a sensation. Childhood, childhood memories. Childhood memories, yeah, or just like sometimes unexpected. I think yes. it's difficult to think of things that you do make you creeped out because sometimes it just happens and for no apparent reason, like Phil says, like, you know, if the lights suddenly go out and you know, you know, it's just lights going out, but sometimes you'll just be kind of like, recall Why? a memory yeah. and think, oh my God, what's going to happen? Yeah. Guy? Zombies, oh, dude, it's just gross, isn't it? It's just like, stop doing zombie stuff. I don't want to see people with gammy faces. And do you know what? <laughs> Genuinely, it's quite freaky. You know, I just don't like the concept of it, of being eaten alive by another human. I don't like Resident Evil. I don't like, I just don't like it. It's like other things are kind of like, you know, like if you're in a situation with Dracula, you could probably negotiate with Dracula. But a zombie, you just got no choice. They just, they just want your meat, you know? I mean, it's just... I just never don't like the concept of them. Yeah. It's just the dead returning from the grave. Is that, yeah. is that is, or is it just the whole they want to eat you alive? Just the whole concept and they're just you also as well, I'm quite an impatient person and they're relatively slow. So you so know if I'm if trying to get, get murdered you want to have to happen like on you know, on a to a prompt time scale. Well you know, yeah. you've been to town centre on a busy day and like you just people just dither around like zombies in town centre. They've got no agendas. They don't on, know what on a Saturday in for. particular. Yeah, they yeah. don't know what they're looking for. So that's like a zombie situation. And you know, I'm trying to get through and well, I think you've not taken a hatchet to any of those poor <laughs> <hatchets> <laughs> like a dead rising situation. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, I'd be tempted to sort of 
you know to get through things quicker but and to me, no, it's just it's, the, it's the, just the whole concept of the zombie, the way they move, the way they look, the way they act and stuff. Freaks me out. Don't like it. Right. Ryan? Yeah, so mine stems back from being lost at a fun fair when I was a little... Uh, <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, oh, this sounds amazing. I, I already sounds amazing. this story. So I went into the Hall of Mirrors with my parents <laughs> and got separated. Oh, my God. And I come outside and some band had just started playing on the stage where everybody had cleared out of the Ooh. fun fair bit for the for the band thing coming on and my parents were like only 20-30 seconds behind me but I got outside and there was nobody in sight so it was just kind of like I'd gone into this parallel world where nothing was around me nobody was there and it was just like I felt like I was the last person on the earth the way I just came out and it was only for like a few seconds before I saw people walking in the background and the band over the side it was just at that age coming out and nobody's around you and it's still probably there for me to this day. It's just the fear of being alone per- oh, permanently. That's, that's quite dark. That, that, is, that's, like that. that is chilling. <clears throat> yeah. uh, I, I had a similar feeling um, when I, I, think it was, I think it was on my 21st birthday and I got, um, let's say, stociously drunk and I got lost on the way home from the bar to uh, where I was staying. And so I was just wandering around Birmingham city centre at about five in the morning yeah. all alone in this sort of eerie half light and that is the sort of the point when you do think you know anything could step out yeah. in front of you I mean I've done that when I'm young and like <coughs> fell asleep on the sofa and woke up and there's static on the TV and there's just no yeah. sound around and that it must be a primal thing that sense of being lost and alone yeah. so sometimes I think in the mornings when you go out really early and there's nobody around and you kind of think about like 28 days later and you just go what if there was nobody else around? Yeah. What would happen? I mean, I had a similar experience to you. For I, um, I went to Sheffield for a New Year party a few years ago, and I stopped in like probably the most horrible hostel in the world. Anyway, I went to bed, and it wasn't that nice. And the people I with, I wouldn't know them that well, but I sort of did. Anyway, there was loads of other people there. And anyway, we this one guy was in bed, and this guy starts going like. Um, he runs in, starts trying to wake his mate up, he doesn't wake up, he comes in and hits him with a, a, a piece of wood for some reason all over him, like, mate, I've done something to her, I've done something to her, and there's me just like, I don't know what on earth has gone on, and this is like 5am on New Year's Day, I'm like, I just want to leave, so literally I just got out of bed, grabbed my stuff, and was getting dressed, walking down the street, and had to wander around the streets of Sheffield in the town centre until I got my train home that afternoon. That was the most terrifying experience I've ever experienced. What happened to those guys? I wish you'd stayed going. around so you could finish that story of oh, what happened. Yeah. Do you know what? It was just like, I kind of know, the, I, I'm kind of friends with these people, but do you know what? Sink or swim, I'm going. That's sort of <laughs> like all great library. ghost stories, it's just left open for your imagination. <laughs> uh, I know I want to go to the library and research this on microfiche yeah. and find out that like, the <laughs> local newspapers from Sheffield on that date. Yeah. Yeah. Really weird. There's like some dodgy shit going on at this hostel and there was a guy seen walking around in his pants. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was just you on a normal <laughs> so guys, weekend. You need to build a bit of a history of these kind of like going to places and, and being involved in slightly surreal situations. Well, yeah. Ryan, can can you can your lovely wife message us in and answer this question for me? Yeah. So when you when you go shopping with Viv, if you go missing and you know after a while, are you just, does she normally find you like no. cowering in the corner no, or under a clothes rack or something? <laughs> no, but she has this habit of wandering off in the shop alone, and then it's kind of like where's she gone? 
what's happened. <laughs> Ryan's in a cold sweat. I, 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 I don't I love, like being alone. I love that you consider that, but she's in fact shopping. Yes, I know. <laughs> I'm shopping. <laughs> but it's kind of like when we go to the supermarket, she'll just wander off and without speaking and, and to the me, other and then th- four and hours the along, th- and you're like, where are you? The other thing is, she is, she is little. Yes. So you can't. Like, no. <laughs> if, if she were, to, you could be able to see her over over different hours, but she's little, so you can't yes. see her. Which is precisely why, because my partner's slightly petite as well. Yeah. I always think I'm just going to get her to wear a backpack with batteries with a big pole <laughs> on top of the light. So whenever she wanders behind just, the shelf, just have a remote like, I can see the light. I can see it's fine. It's what you need is like a remote control alarm and light to go off, so you can just press it and then. <laughs> Yeah, she I bought her one of those like child things that it yeah. goes off if they get more than 15 metres away from you she won't wear it <laughs> so I think if I get lost proximity shop, my, alarm my girlfriend's just trying to get away from me <laughs> that, was a, that was a moment away. chance to run away <laughs> right so the poll is online I'll put it on for a week so just please tell us what option you prefer so we've got walking through the park alone by Mr. Massey, Silent Hill Star, automated lights for Mr. Philip Ellis. <laughs> well, now you're thinking it sounds stupid. No, it sounds quite. <laughs> no, it sounds weird. dark. Yes, uh, fear of the unexpected for Mr. Keith Bloomfield, zombies for Mr. Guy Halford, and then just like the tweet if you like my option, which is being left all alone. <laughs> that's just like a deep-seated little like, lost yes. Ryan that, that's just my psychosis on there this, this, is, this is therapy for me now I've just got this envisionment of like little Ryan wandering around like mummy daddy please yeah in a mirror Clown, I'll help you son <laughs> hello I'm Max Gredenchik Ram from Deep Space Nine and you are listening to Brum Radio Right, so Keith is now strapped into the VR headset. Um, He's good to go. And he's going to go for a little bit of Ghost Town. Calling back to specials earlier on there. Um, It is live on Periscope on Brum Radio. So if you want to watch it on Brum Radio, tune in there. So the creepy carny. Yes. I love the fact that oh, people keep passing like, like, like what's going on. Oh, here we go. Don't remember to flip. Oh, he's going to. Oh, it looks like a zombie school. My favourite. Yes. <laughs> oh, I've just turned up the cable. Yep. <laughs> I feel like my arms are shaking. It's not rough already. That's the sound of Dave Massey's hungry. <laughs> <laughs> that giant floating head. Yes, giant it's head. not the big giant the head from uh, Third Rock the, from the um, Sun, I'm afraid. But the fact that we've got loading screens is a bit kind of disconcerting. I've got no torches either now. Um, okay, I'm about to go around. Okay. Yeah, all your torches are back. Mm. Have I got anything to shoot at yet? That's kind of cool. I'm getting quite crazy, so I don't know what Oh, the giant spider just dropped right in front of Keith. Keith is. If, He's on fire. If I was in the zombie apocalypse, Keith is going on my I side. Keith on my team. Yes. I'm getting stressed out. He's got the reload down perfectly. I'm very yeah, impressed. He's on this. Yeah. What well, did you just do then? Reloaded his guns from up there. Yep. Come on, I hate you in the head. No fear for this 
This is okay. like the best playthrough. Cool. This is kind of like a level up from. Uh... Does this feel like a bit like House of the Dead from the arcade for oh, you, kids? So the spider just peeked out a ghost from right in front of Keith's face. Back on the minecart. Oh. oh, that's good. Uh, the motion's pretty cool. Yeah. This is the I world's most calm end. man playing this game. Okay. I've just changed the route. I think, oh, yeah, you, ch you can change the direction, yeah. So, I don't know what direction you're going in now. Oh, because you hit the. Um the target changing the direction. Ah, oh, I should have I should have got that, yeah, okay, I've got it. Oh, another big spider. That big spider back here again. Massive spider on the screen. Where's he gone? Do you think how big that is for you throw on the screen? <laughs> yeah. So it's like a little bit difficult to aim. I don't know, I think he just got an acid bath. He just got slimed. Yeah, well the thing with this VR headset is it's like a big 100 foot projection screen when you're in the zone. We're watching it on a little TV in the studio, but... Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh pretty girls. Phil's favourite pretty girls. Yeah. So you've gone a completely different way to her. Yeah. I didn't seem to hit any of those people. Oh. Hit the sack. Hit the sack. Hey. Oh, are these all spider eggs? Yep. Yeah. Mm. That was the quote of the show. Hit the sack. <laughs> 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 oh. Oh, on top of my head. Yeah. yeah, I think you got to try and hit them before they open up. Okay. Before the sacks hit you. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm finding it a little bit tricky to aim at the moment. Yes. Oh, oh sorry. Uh, Keith's dead, unfortunately. Well done, Keith. Aim, aim is a little tricky. Yeah, you're back on. Yeah, I've missed my chance there. No, so you're heading back down. Aiming's tricky. Yeah. Spider's back. <laughs> Phil's just watching in astonishment. <laughs> it's like this is a completely different experience. My, 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 my virtual it. arms are up here. Yeah. yeah. I've lost my virtual arms, guy. I can't see my weapons. I'll get a bath for you. Okay, there you go. They're back. They're, they're back. back. They're back down. Quick. Stood out the way. Yeah. Think. Keep away from the gloopy stuff. Shit, though, I don't think going from the ceiling. He okay. generally is the most chill person playing this game. <laughs> He's been waiting for it all in time to be like this. Yeah. I'm not sure what this tells us about Keith's psyche, though. Well, I'm so relaxed about it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, spiders. Oh. Yeah. Oh, I think you've got spiders on your head, Keith. I think he's made it through. He's made it through. Tell us what we've got on the screen. He's made it through. Yep, so Keith's now just coming out the tunnel. Spider I think he's head. just a s oh, escaped yeah, the spiders. Oh, nice shot. There was a spider on your head. Yes. Yeah. It's tricky to aim because you can't really see. You can not see a pull down. Yeah. I mean, the torches aren't the, the torches best. Are kind of cool. It's a little bit. Yeah. Um, I genuinely don't like where this is going. It's very quiet and very yes. relaxed. I'm about to uh, barrier. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> that was a That's huge spider. Yeah. Oh. I'm, I'm saying I'm not screaming. Descending down now. That's cool. <laughs> this is the world's most chilled man yeah, playing a ghost, got a ghost game. Yeah, I think you got to duck for the things. That's oh. pretty intense. Yeah. Watch the... Yeah. Yeah, watch the bars. Right, my arms yeah. are well up in the air again. Yeah. Oh. Got these oh. That's a very scary looking face. Oh, 
Get ready to the haunted house. Levels. Yeah. Oh, easy. Really easy. Oh, yeah. Oh, Keith's just picked up a big, big gun. Okay. There's something dripping up there. Oh. Oh. <laughs> yeah, giant spider just and dropped from the ceiling. Again. Oh, what yeah. I think you got it. Yeah, you like got it. Just ate the spider. It's good to be the first one of you guys to get to a level. Yeah. He's, he's what these monsters are scared of. Yeah. Oops, sorry. <laughs> I'm back to my normal weapons. This is just like watching the Terminator flows for a level. <laughs> it's just like, <laughs> I can see not scared of anything. I want my Uzi again, thank you. Whoa! Yep. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm just hoping the Keith Gurney screens come out. Yeah. I mean, he's not been scared of anything so far. I don't think we're going to get one. Yeah. Oh, can you do one for him? Oh, big, big spider. Yeah, yeah. I think he's going to die again. Yeah. I'm going to die. I know, but what's happening there? Yeah, the screen's gone red, he's not got much life he's left. I think he's near the end. Here. Oh, watch the big saw blade. Okay, how do I do it? He's going to get his head chopped off. Yeah. So now there's some chainsaw blades heading right for, towards Keith in the game. This is just... Yeah. This man has no fear. We have our own studio daredevil. Okay, where are the blades now? Yeah, oh, right above him. Look down. Okay, so right. that's that me. spider appears. Yep. I think he's made it through the level. Yep. Oh, man. It's that smooth oh, reload wow. action. I don't know, oh. I reckon he's going to fight. Oh, what are they? Oh, we've got glowy ghosts with... Big fat pumpkin bellies, yeah. Come and look a bit Yeah. Okay. Oh, is this the end of the level? I think we must be nearing the end now. There's a big glowy gate right at the end of the tracks. Yeah, I think so. I think he's made it. Yeah. I think we have to give him a big round of applause if he gets there. Yeah. I did die once halfway through. There's something making. That's alright, because both Phil and Dave died inside. Yeah. Oh. How long did you go? Oh. They're back. That's it. Spider's back. Yeah. So a massive spider just came again. Yep. And are we near the end? I think we must be getting close to the end now. Oh, I think I'm hitting something. Yeah, that was about me. Another big scary zombie coming straight out. Keys going for the big weapons. I think he's got more to do. He's just, he's just got some more oh. guns. Oh. oh, okay. Yep. Oh, 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 yeah, he's got oh, a flare oh, gun. Yeah, I think. Yeah. Yeah, I think Phil's. Um, Keys got a flare gun. That's why everything's oh, right, exploding. Okay. Yep. Ah, that'd yeah, be one. Okay. <laughs> oh, another big. You got another. You, yeah. You got another gun thing down to your bottom right hand corner, Keith. Yeah. Oh, Oops, sorry. Just got acided. Am I saying sorry? <laughs> I don't <laughs> you know. Apologize to the spider. <laughs> 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 Maybe I'll have to Oh, I'm sorry, Spider. I'm sorry you tried to attack me. Oh, God, duck, there's a big roller coming towards yeah. you. Yeah. Oh, wow. This is a big macerating roller. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> oh, 
Oh, oh. oh. And you died. I'm dead. Well done. A round of applause there for Mr. Keith Bluefield. Round of applause there. That was cool. I like that. That was great. Wow, that was great. So, did you enjoy your VR experience, Keith? Uh, yeah, it was brilliant. It was um, it reminded me of kind of a House of the Dead and those kind of arcade games, but you were much more intense. Um, I missed the physicality of having like the weapons yeah. like you do in the arcade, and aiming was a bit tricky. You're kind of a bit spray firing. I'd like to see what my um, rating was, my score, but yeah. I get to the end. Yeah, very very impressive. I think we'll all calm down in the studio a little bit now. So oh, this oh, is. Yes, this turn's coming. Yes, we're speaking to Carl Timms about his top five zombie films. This is Nicole DeBoer from Deep Space Nine, and you're listening to Brum Radio. Right, so now we're back with Carl, filmmaker extraordinaire, and he's going to pick us his top five zombie films. And I've been really, really restricted with him on this one, so no Romero, no Fulci, and you even set yourself a few rules, haven't you? To get it a little bit further, so uh, so basically, for me, uh, the Evil Dead films don't count. The yep. Possession movies. And uh, yeah, the the kind of uh, still living infected films are out as well. So no, twenty eight days later or anything like that. Although I do love those films. Yeah, I consider them zombie films really. But I, for this list, I wouldn't sully the good name zombie. In at number five, uh, I'd say number five, Shaun of the Dead for me. Oh, classic. Best yeah. of the three films they yes. did. Also because because it was really unexpected. You had a couple of zombie films that started bringing back. Yeah. I think Land of the Dead had come out around yeah. there, but. But Shaun of the Dead was just a joy because the fact that despite it being a very funny Nick Frost and Peg comedy, yeah. it's also actually a very good zombie film. Yeah. When it amps up the, the, the zombie stuff in it, it, yeah. it really takes it seriously and you know people are getting ripped in from them. But they also managed to squeeze in some ridiculous comedy in there as well, so it's a great balance. My favourite scene is behind him where he's completely oblivious. The first day it's normal and then the next day it's complete shot for shot remake really yeah just with the zombified version which he completely yeah, I mean, ignores it's, it's great and it's it, it, i love the way it seeds um that yeah just the zombies you know and I, I think there are very few films that show that kind of moment of outbreak yes. in quite that way and, and it's um and i think it's yeah. one of those few zombie films where the zombies is not just a faceless horde it's people that you know from around the corner in at number four and this is this is by no means a uh, I love Stuart Comran list because uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's both of his in a row. Yeah. But uh, at number four for me is Brain Dead. At the time, I was a, a teenage zombie obsessed uh, yeah. fanatic. I was trying to find everything I could. At the time when quite a lot of stuff like the Italian stuff was still yeah. banned. So I hadn't had the luck of seeing things like zombie flesh eaters at the time. And once I'd exhausted the Romero films, uh, there was there was very few new zombie films coming yeah. out. So it was delving into the sort of trash of the 70s and 80s. And uh, 91, Brain Dead came out, and uh, I remember watching it with one of my friends, and, and just it's so insane. And still to this day, I think the goriest film ever made. Yeah, the scene with the lawnmower strapped to the chest is always going to be one of those standout zombie moments, I think. If you're going to do a top five zombie moments, I mean, I think that's probably got to be in there. Yes. Yeah. Uh, it, it just it takes things to a point where you think it can't go any further, yeah. and then smashes through that and <laughs> runs another mile, you know. Yeah. It's, it, so over the top. Uh, so number three uh, would be, despite what we were saying earlier about remakes, actually my number three is a remake. So I wasn't allowed Romero and, and when I found out that they were going to do a remake of like one of my favourite films yeah. at the time, I naturally wasn't expecting much. But I've got to say, I absolutely love Zack Snyder's take on Dawn of the Dead. I think yeah. it's a very different film. It doesn't yeah. have any of that 
character or the social commentary or the uh, the epicness of um, of the original one but uh, what it did do is just uh, it's 90 minutes of just um, you know a roller coaster ride yeah. entertainment. And, I, and I think at the time again it came in a bit of a dry spell they'd been 28 days later yeah and then this and, yeah. and I think just paved the way for everything that's come since yeah. I think it inspired uh, Walking Dead yeah um, it inspired uh, you know obviously Romero to, to actually probably sadly make a few more films yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's debatable whether that's I think you probably checked his bank account and went yeah <laughs> <laughs> that was just as a debut yeah. if you're a director and you came out with something like that as your debut film I mean that's a that's a yeah. dream come true yeah. but uh, also I would say up there with uh, greatest opening sequences of all time in a number two so number two is uh, a film that I didn't really know anything about when I watched it a uh, Spanish film um, and it's Wreck is a uh, found footage film that has or delivers what I think is probably the scariest final 15 minutes of any film I've, I've yeah. literally ever seen. Um, it's, it's it's one of the few films that quite literally sort of chilled my blood. And, and it was a great way to finish the film because everybody is expecting the protagonist to do what protagonists normally do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and it was it was a it was a shock ending, but I think just so fantastically well staged but everything before it is really good as well and, and I think um, you know it's really well played the fact that it's found footage you know it, it feels very realistic yeah. um, just for the last 10-15 minutes alone it's got to be classed as one of the, yeah. the best uh, you know all time um, really really delivers and uh, led to a completely pointless US remake so your final so my uh, yeah this would, this would genuinely be a number one I mean technically it's funny it gets forgotten about as a running zombie movie but um, but it's it's the first running zombie movie, Dan O'Bannon's uh, Return of the Living Dead, Ooh. which is for me uh, a five star zombie film. It's it's um, it does everything you want a zombie film to do. Yeah. Um, it's got a brilliant sense of humour. It's like tongue is very firmly in its cheek. Yeah. But uh, it also delivers on the on the gore and the and yeah. the tension and the and the situation the characters find themselves in in that one is is actually really really quite terrifying. And in fact, I I watched it when I was. Um, about nine and I'd already watched Dawn of the Dead and I thought that was the best thing I'd ever seen in my life so I went into Return of the Living Dead expecting more of the same Yeah, and it opens with that thing where they're talking about Night of the Living Dead and you kind of think it's going to be more of the same and, and then it very quickly turns into a far nastier yeah. scarier film um, and proper traumatised me like I, yeah. I, uh, <laughs> I I think for about three years I was I was absolutely traumatised by Return of the Living Dead and I didn't rewatch it again until my 20s yeah. <laughs> so for me it was this terrifying film that, that you know, caused all these like nightmares, and uh, and then when I watched it in my 20s, I was just rolling with laughter. And uh, yeah, I think it's a, it's just a brilliant film. But if anybody wants to get into a zombie genre, that is your top five films to go and watch. Yeah, yeah, if, if you haven't, if you did a top five featuring Romero, it, it's basically a top three plus another two films, you know, <laughs> which would <are> probably <laughs> be faulty films anyway. Yeah. yeah, those are a good spread. I'd, I'd say some other honorable mentions, like really, really good ones, because there is a huge gap in the middle of quality. Yeah. They're either genuinely good to yeah. very good, or they're absolutely atrocious. There's, there is no middle ground. Like you very rarely watch a zombie film and go, oh, that was all right. Uh, I'd say honorable mentions would be um, Dead Snow, the Norwegian um, zombie film, which Nazi zombies in the snow. I mean, it's got, I think, the greatest tagline of Eins Wide Die. Um, There's an Australian one called Undead, which uh, which is very interesting. It's quite quite silly, 
but um, has a really, uh, really good last 20, 30 minutes where it twists into something that you don't expect. Yeah. And, uh, and I like the, the sort of origins around that. Um, there's a very little scene one from Japan called Junk, which I've only seen once and I can't find anywhere. Yeah. But it's a, it's a proper Romero style, but they're super slow. But it's yeah. like gangsters in a warehouse getting eaten by the zombies. And, oh, and, yeah. and the other one would be Juan of the Dead, Cuba's first horror movie. And, yeah. uh, I think again, it's it's a comedy one, but it's it's very very good. So you got a screening of your own zombie film coming up soon. So if people want to see it in Birmingham, where can they find it? Uh, so it's screening uh, on Friday, twelve pm on the twenty fifth of November as part of Block A of the Birmingham Film Festival, and uh, it's the last film on. So I think there's about seven or eight films in that in, per block, and yeah. stills the the last one in Block A. Uh, it's been nominated for a Best Hair and Makeup Award. Um, presumably for the makeup rather yeah. than the hair, um, but uh, but yeah, uh, please come out, support yep. the film, support the festival because it's a it's a first year for Birmingham Film Festival. Yeah. If it gets great crowds, it will happen again. And and Birmingham is a big city and deserves an international film festival. Yes, so, most definitely. Um, and you've got the joys of the Mockingbird as well. Just absolutely, and which is being yeah. refitted uh, yes. before the festival. So. Um, new, new, you know, new project and new sound system, so uh, it should it should look and sound great, and yeah. uh, hopefully, uh, hopefully gets a lot of a lot of support. And where can we find you on social media again? So on social media, as I say, um, at uh, Zomshort Still. If you want to follow his progress on Still, uh, you can follow me at Carl Timms, C A R L T I W M S. Yeah, Dark Matter Films UK on Facebook. That's brilliant. Thank you very much for your time. Thank you, Ryan. All right, people, this is Dominic Casey here. I've played Lieutenant Malcolm Reed on Enterprise as a proper gentleman. And you're listening to Brum Radio. Right, Ryan, what are you doing? I'm strapped up in the VR headset, <laughs> I think. <laughs> so I'm glad you said VR about, headset, we're though. We're about to subject Mr. Geeky, Mr. Freaky Brummy himself to the horror of Until Dawn, Russia, Blood and Head. Yes, I'm doing the psycho, psycho, psycho hospital. Hello. That's where you belong. <laughs> they look like menacing fellows. Yes. That is very Silent Hill, isn't it? The yes. uh, sort of so expecting like, like blood-stained mannequins, yes. or so I'm expecting this like Carney crazy. It's like I'm just over him now. I, I really, I want to shoot him. <laughs> Carney gets slightly scarier each time. Yeah. Well, we know what happens when Ryan goes to carnivals. <laughs> oh god, is this going to be triggering for him? <laughs> Don't get into the hall of mirrors. He's going to have some kind of episode. And he's playing on easy as well. <laughs> yes, I'm an easy brummy. <laughs> Don't know how to respond to that. So, oh, so he's about to enter. That looks like a, it's a it's a massive gateway in the shape of like Hellraiser's face. Hellraiser. <laughs> <Yep. laughs> I can't think it's like a noseless zombie thing. I, oh, and there's creepy laughing in the background. How fun for everyone. Your exits are here. Here. <laughs> here. <laughs> See, everyone's having so much more fun with it now, they just watch me freak out. Ooh, this isn't freaky at all. I'm in Dave's Nightmare, which is... Which is a forest where it's a bit scary and spooky. Oh, and there's lightning. Oh, and I've just shot a head down as well. So now I'm going... I think we're going to the left now. Are we going left? Yeah, we're going left. I mean, like, looking at the concept of this game, like, a lot of this is through a forest and through the woods, but why there be a roller coaster in the forest? I mean, it's not practical. It's not a roller coaster, around. isn't it? It's like an old railway, like... Yeah, I mean, there's lots of scary crows around at the minute. My accuracy is not great on this. Not everybody can be Keith Bloomfield. Yeah. I'm 
me how they got their health and safety certificate. <laughs> Something tells me they didn't apply for it. Right, you're shooting at nothing there, mate. I'm shooting at some scary pigeons. So yeah, so far he's, we are he's getting a part through the woods, and yep. there are scary pigeons. Yep. Uh, I feel like you're getting a really easy ride. I think Ryan. so. Yeah. yeah. This is not fair. I nearly died. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's oh, oh, he's approaching. There's a creepy house in the distance. Oh, there's a man stood there. Yeah, there's a psychopath up there on the hill. I mean, I think you're about to enter like an asylum or something for yeah, definite I here. Think you are about to enter asylum. There's lots and lots of targets outside. Lots oh, of and, and it's a graveyard as well. Yep. So there's a graveyard so outside a an asylum. Yeah. This is this all bodes very well. Yeah. I mean, that's practical, they're having a good graveyard outside an asylum, because, you know, you can... It's somebody dies, you just get in out front, job done, you know. That'll do. Something, yeah. just, something just came out of there. Yeah, I've got an Uzi. Yeah, it's like we're in Ryan Murphy's head. Oh, I'm so stressed out on your behalf right now. Yep. Yeah. Oh, it's quite dark in there. There's carnival yeah. music in the abandoned sanitarium. Yeah, and I think something's going to be... Oh, and the lights And the lights have gone, gone out. Oh, my God. Yay. Oh, my God. The lights have gone out. And oh the God. torches have gone out on my guns as well, so I cannot see I nothing. Footsteps. I hear footsteps. I hear footsteps. And this is why I have an Uzi. I hear heavy breathing as well. Yeah, is it going to be oh to the side? Oh! <laughs> Jesus! What the hell was that? <laughs> Randomly fell off a shelf in the studio. So what just happened? And that was, was at the same moment as a load of idiots <laughs> yes. attacked Ryan in the game. Oh, I'm that, back to where I was. Are we still going out? Yeah, we're still going. Are we still going? Yep. So I'm gonna get spooky zombie in the face in about three, two, one. <laughs> that made it more exp lifelike for him. Yep. Oh my god. Oh my god. <laughs> zombie clown. Where where are my guns gone? I have no guns. People, oh my god. I have no guns. Oh my god. Oh my god, random people with hatchets. Yeah. And they've killed Ryan. Ryan's Yeah, dead. I think the game needs recalibrating. Oh, I know why it was happened. The clock has fallen We've down. The, um... Oh yes, the camera! <laughs> He's the stationary. Yes. Yes, the camera fell down on the back. Oh, this has been a disaster for you, <laughs> Ryan. Yep, it has. So wait for Spooky Face again. <laughs> I don't even know where I'm pointing the camera. Yeah. Oh, now I have to. He's back. Special. He's back. Hello. I would have probably wet myself at this point. That's better. I mean, that is very much in your face. This is terrifying. Random people in masks are attacking him. They, they look like hoodies, oh, you know. I've yeah. died again. I don't think I'm going to get past this point, am I? Shall we try it once more? You yeah. Once more into the breach, right? Come oh, on. I think we've been skipped. No, you're back at the same position. Back at the same position. You, you can blame that on, on um, sort of errors in environment. Yeah. Oh, God, there's footsteps coming. Yeah, that's better. Oh, oh. Guns are shooting <laughs> Hello, scary person. Stop pretending you're not terrified. Oh! <laughs> that sign falling down genuinely made you jump. I saw yeah, you. That did make me jump. Oh, I'm dying, thank you. Get that hoodie. Hey. He's back up, he's getting back up. Oh, oh, oh. See, Ryan is triumphing now. He's killing all of the creepy masked hoodie people. Molotov cocktails at him. Oh, oh, are you gonna get him? Are you gonna get him? No. I'm, pointing, I'm shooting with it. 
Yeah, yeah, fine, I got him. Yo, so bitch. now we are going inside. <laughs> okay. I know. So deeper is the asylum. I think the calibration on these guns is not Don't, the don't best. blame your poor skills on the calibration, mate. <laughs> hey! <laughs> What's the times five mean, by the way? You multiplayer. So now we're going into the scary asylum. I'll knock the camera off there. Well, that's great. You shot out the security camera. What if someone's watching and potentially going to save you now and they can't see what's going on? Nobody ever saved me. You've not. Oh, no, no! <laughs> Loaded headless bodies just randomly hanging there. I don't know if that, like, Phil hasn't even got his teddies and will scare them, Ryan. And this is a very sensitive person, okay? <laughs> I'm waiting for somebody to jump out one of these doorways. Ooh, shotgun, that will do. Thank you. Oh, and they're throwing more Molotov cocktails at you. So what have we got? I have two shotguns now. Oh, I have a shotgun and... Yep, I have two shotguns. Now I'm getting it. Now I'm getting it. Right. Oh, oh, what's happening here? Now that he didn't... Oh, we haven't... Oh, oh my god. That was a video screen. Ooh, video screen. I think we're in for a boss. Oh dear. Yep. This doesn't look nice. Oh, and we're back on again. I think you're going to go down and right, dip. I'm really worried about yep. you. I think we're going upstairs. Might need to duck for this bit. Yes, we will need to duck for this bit. You get down there, son. I'm liking the fact that now have shotguns. This is making life much easier. As we know, if I'd had shotguns, I would have been best. fine. <laughs> Getting a bit creepy upstairs. A bit noisy. But it is an asylum, you know. There's mental yeah. people there. It's very house on haunted hill. Yeah, I'm waiting for people to jump out from the sides. Or is it going to do the holes? No. No. I think something's going to happen around here. Meat hooks yeah. hanging from the ceiling. Oh, there we go. There we go. Here they come. I do think. I do think Phil got it worst. Yeah, something's going to come out of that door in it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yep. Oh, I think I'm getting low on ammo on these. Shoot that, shoot that, shoot that. Well, shoot what? Things. Oh, yeah. You're going down a dip, here we go. Now, you, now you're gonna, stomach's gonna turn. Yeah, I'm back to normal pistols now. You need to duck. Yep. See, again, this is quite tame. I think, Phil, you did get think, the worst yeah. treatment. I really did, I really did. Thank you for validating my girly screams. Yeah. But you did provide us yeah, with the finest good. radio moments since going on Geeky Brum, eh? <laughs> Yeah. Oops, scary corpses. Scroll down. So Ryan's quite chill again with it. Oh, He's dying inside, I know he is. Yeah. There we go. Oh! Oh dear. Yeah, that pop? Just more random hooded mask. Yeah, yeah this is kind of like yeah, trying to. Whoa. I mean, that was a pleasant sound Oops. to hear in my headphones. Yeah. Ryan's just getting attacked by hoodies right now. I mean, this is this is this, this is just like walking through Pigeon Park. Yeah, this is what happens to you after dark, Ryan. Yeah. Yeah, the clocks go back tonight, so I'd be careful, won't you? Yep. Ooh, Louisiana a shotgun. Do the clocks go back tonight? Is that a thing that's happening tonight? Yeah, or forward or what? Yeah, it's tonight. I see something blowing down there. 
Yeah, I'm thinking taking the camera down might help to destroy them. This isn't a particularly scary level, Ryan. I think we need to go to a song. Okay, so that was Glimpse by the Horrors, and as you can hear, Ryan is still going on this level. Um, he's experienced a really fast, over-the-top nurse. Uh, I'm uh, and he's dead. Yep. Well, there we go. That was probably the most intense experience ever for you, Ryan, I think. Uh, that's pretty much it for us this week. Thank you very much for enjoying our horror special. I think Phil's probably not enjoyed it as I'm, much I'm, as I'm, I'm leaving the studio and, and yes. going for a stiff drink straight away now. Yes. <laughs> so thanks very much, everybody. We'll see you soon. Take Bye, everybody. Bye. Thanks for listening to this Brum Radio podcast. If you've enjoyed it, please consider joining our listener supporters. You can do this by clicking the support tab on our website or go direct to Patreon at www.patreon.com forward slash Brum Radio. Brum Radio shows are streamed online at the Brum Radio Mixcloud page and you can find more podcasts at brumradio.com.